1: another week, another uh, week of the session going on here at State Capitol. We're on the third floor, the uh, House side at the Capitol, and uh, we'll be covering a lot of territory today. Uh, The uh, governor's highway uh, tax bills are moving through the House today. We'll try to figure out how they're going as we sit here because I think it's on the house floor today it is on the house floor and, and i'm waiting you know to find out how the vote goes mm-hmm. i've talked to a lot of um well the first thing here here's the first thing that's is going crazy on that uh, i think it's a half the half percent that they've been talking about there's a question mark on whether they need 51 votes or 75 votes on that
2: really because I saw a little bit of discussion on that earlier. It seems like they were saying if it's a new tax, they only have to have 51%. But if they're raising a the tax, then you have to have the 75%. Well,
1: it's going to be interesting to see because there's there's a, a group of Republicans that are questioning that, and they want uh, it to be the 75% mm-hmm. uh, because they feel that they have the necessary votes to hold the governor up at that point, right. And maybe... Uh, force him back to the table to talk about uh, Julie Mayberry's
2: bills. Uh, mm-hmm. State so, Representative Mayberry. So the um, the half cent sales tax—that's not really a tax. That's actually a resolution. So I'm wondering if it's actually about the the wholesale fuel tax. I have no maybe, idea. Maybe maybe they're getting around raising the the tax on fuel by making it a wholesale tax instead of. a um, a retail.
1: Yeah, and they made a sales tax that probably would need a two-thirds majority, which is 75%. So we'll just have to see how that's, what this argument is all about. Uh, I had the opportunity to stop uh, State Representative Mayberry in the hallways here today earlier and talk to her. And uh, saying that she thought that she had gained some traction good. amongst some Republicans, but didn't know if it was
2: enough. Yeah, I saw Dan Sullivan post about it on Facebook, and, and um, of course he's he's a pretty good guy. It seems like, and, and so he, it's kind of you kind of expect that from him. But may, maybe she will get some traction over it, and if and if the Republicans can maybe push this to to point out that you know you really do need three quarters to well, get the. Um, I, I, I suggest that people go
1: back last week uh, to the archives and watch. I'm trying to think what uh, committee it is on the House side that the, uh, the highway tax came to. Is it tax and revenue? Revenue and tax, I would Okay, guess. so I mean, there were some people who raised questions about why, Republicans raising mm-hmm. questions about why, we're raising taxes when there's ways of doing this without raising taxes you know I remember that and it was only uh, two weeks ago that somebody was able to shake my memory enough that I remembered that what Mayberry is trying to do ran through the house back in 2013 and it got defeated what I had totally forgotten about is that it ran again in 2015, and it passed the House. I mean, not not on the floor; it got through the committee, but nobody heard anything about it again after that. And it seems to me that uh, who was it? Douglas was running it that year, and uh, it just just stopped going anywhere. And I don't have an answer for it. And as I started talking to other people, they didn't have an answer for it. And, of course, that was the first year that Asa was the governor. Now, the question is, did they defer to—because the, the governor today now, as I talk about this now I'm present day, that Governor Hutchinson, his main argument was— he didn't want to get into general uh, gen, uh, general revenue for money on uh,
2: highways. He, right. He, so he, the governor actually spoke about that a little bit this morning at the Black Caucus that I went to. He was talking about the um, that that kind of issue there, and so he was saying that they were going to tie that to the casino money, hmm. and so that the in an effort to try to keep. Well, here's it, the key, Paul. In in
1: I, I think it's something for everybody to keep in mind we won't see any casino money for at least two years. And be, with yeah. the casino money that we're talking about, the tax there, does everybody understand that when they passed the tax here in the state, uh, you know, when the the uh, Arkansans made it possible to build four casinos, two of which were one at Oaklawn, one at Southland, and one at Pine Bluff and one, I believe, by Russellville, that... Um, You know, what's interesting about it is that the taxes on that money drop significantly. So you can go back in and they can look for more money out of the taxes and not tick off a lot of people that are putting money into these four casinos because it's going to be a wash, so to speak. All right, If if you had... The state getting X amount of uh, tax dollars out of uh, not casinos, but over you Open. know horse racing, uh, games of uh, skill, skill and and whatnot, and then they drop that in the uh, constitutional amendment, but now come back and say they're going to raise some taxes uh, here uh, for um, roads. It's kind of interesting. It's 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 playing a shell game right now. Well, we're gonna lower it, it here, we're gonna raise it here and lower it over here and then then you're gonna end up being revenue neutral, <laughs> so to speak. I, I, yeah. I mean look I, I talked to to JR about this last week and I just don't understand why the governor's so against general revenue and i guess it's their way of saying well we wouldn't be able to to fund the programs that are out there that we're already funding and the answer to that was goes back all the way to 2013 again and that is you cut government by about one percent and if you cut government by one percent then there's enough money there to cover these
2: shortfalls. That would be awesome if the governor would come out and say, you know what, we're going to. I think he becomes a hero, to be honest. It, with it you. would. It would be pretty cool because that would actually be putting the ship in reverse. Right now, he's maybe he's turning the engines down a little bit, but it's still going forward, and it's still going, it's still powering forward. If he would, if he would cut it by one percent, that would be putting the ship in reverse. That would be cool.
1: Yeah, well, at least slow it down. Yeah slow it down because I think you can cut it by more than one I, I think
2: you can too and, and that would that would be putting the ship in reverse and that would be a good thing
1: I think I'm trying to think hope it hope when he was on from acre it seemed to me that he was talking about it would be easy not you know it would not mm-hmm. be difficult to be able to take and reduce the money going into government back about five years ago what we were paying for
2: state government Mm -hmm. here in the state of Arkansas. If they would just stop the the growth, it doesn't hurt as much as if you continue the growth and then have to cut. Yeah.
1: Let's talk to Larry and Conway. He wants to join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We are at the Capitol today, third floor, house side. Larry, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show.
3: Fine, sir. sir. Thanks for taking my call. I got
1: a couple of things.
3: I'm really up, I'm really mad. I'm not upset. I'm mad. He told us no new taxes, okay? Period. And they haven't done anything except expand the government since he got there. Mm-hmm. And the only other thing I can say is I hope this next four years hurries up and gets by so my man, the lieutenant governor, can get in there and fix this nest, Rat's nest, or whatever you want to call
1: it, and pull a Trump on this place. Thanks, Bud. I appreciate it. All right, appreciate the call, Larry. Thank you much. I won't say you're the only one that's
2: saying that. Right. No, we, and, and we it,
1: hear that quite often. And,
2: and that's the that's the thing about Trump is that Trump actually pushes for big stuff. It seems like, and that's one of the problems with a lot of Republicans is they, they push for teeny tiny stuff, and then they negotiate to the point where they've they've lost yards, if you will. And Trump is is much better about pushing for big stuff, and you have room to, to negotiate, and you can still be um, ahead at the end of the game. And that's 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 what Republicans need to learn from Trump if they don't learn anything else.
1: Well, and they think that Tim Griffin
2: has learned that from President Trump. In fact, Tim Griffin was doing it before President Trump. Well, Tim will go out, and you can hear him speaking about some of this stuff, and he he was he talks. About doing big things, and um, that's cool. If we can get that done, if we can actually start over and, and and do big things, what do we need government for? Not very much. And then let's start over and figure out what we need government for, and just get rid of the rest. Now it's it's going to be an interesting situation
1: because. And I, I predicted that some of this would happen. You know that I did when I said that Asa is a lame duck governor. Not as much as he will be in two years. But he is, even today, a lame duck governor. And that he can't do as much to you as he could when he was in his first term around. And you could figure that, you know, even if you get reelected now, I've got, instead of four years i've got six or eight years that i've got to battle with the man so yeah it's going to be a, there is a look there's a lot of of republicans that want to push back uh some of them are this year it will be interesting to see if uh what happens is that things you know he gets what he wants through this time and then you come to the
2: last two years and he can't hardly get anything Possible, yeah. I, I don't know what to expect from that, but I would like for to, to see Republicans pushing hard to actually cut spending. And and Mayberry's got a bill. It looks like it would it, it would at least stop the stop the increased bleeding. Well, here's what I don't
1: understand: is that the first time around that it happened, it was a Republican pushing it. And it, it died, all right? And BB is the one who put the kibosh on it. Then it come, and two years later, it comes back up again. This time, Governor Huckabee—Governor Huck, Hutchinson is in, and he puts the kibosh on it. And we don't know exactly how that went down because it went through taxation in the House, and it passed. And then it was as if we didn't ever hear about it again. Hmm and it was dan douglas that was running it did he just pull it down or what i don't think there's any clarification on that so it now here we are now in 18 so mm-hmm. this is the third time that this type of of methodology is being brought forward to pay for roads so that you don't have to raise taxes so it's this time, the governor is adamantly against it. He's made it really clear. He's, he's against using general revenue. Okay, I keep thinking, okay, you don't want to use gen, general revenue. Aren't you, in a roundabout way, still using general revenue? Because you could, if you didn't raise these taxes, that, those, those taxes would probably find their way into general revenue anyway.
2: Well, they, without a doubt, they would.
1: Okay, so I, mean, I think if, I think that's, that's where it goes now, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I mean, those those sales no, taxes. No, no and things, the way
1: that it's being set up, it will all go towards the highway yeah, department. That's what I'm saying. But
2: right now, the status quo is that all those things would go to general revenue. No, there's still there's no
1: general revenue used on highways. No,
2: no, no. no I, I'm, okay, I'm sorry. I, the The stuff that that Julie Mayberry's bill. Oh yeah, that's things, going all that's into going, the slush fund called the general revenue. Right. Right.
1: And and that's what people say okay so it's going into the general revenue fund when you take that out that means somebody's not getting funded so how do you make up for that see that's the wrong question i think mm-hmm. and you know it's the, the question should be can we do what we're supposed to be doing as a government and do it with less money yes and i believe you can because we did the same stuff five years ago that with we're doing money. now with less money. just makes sense that you could make this happen. So let's get a break in. we got to do that. The House and the Senate are both in session. Uh, as the House and the Senate come out of session, it'll be interesting to see who we will see stop by and, and uh, talk to us. I mean, we know that... That uh, Julie New- uh, Mayberry may be stopping by. Uh, we know that uh, Senator Hammer looks like he may be stopping by. You said got that- Hester.
2: I think we have Stephen Meeks. Okay, and Senator
1: Hester. Now we know Stephen Meeks is going to come by, and it was interesting. You were sitting here when he was, came by, right? Stephen, I was yes. Yeah. You? Okay, and I said, "Is there, Are they doing something about that eight million dollars with nine phone companies?" He says, uh, "No." He said, uh, there's a reasoning be- behind that. And I said, oh, so you can explain that to us? And he said, yeah, so stay tuned. He's going to be on today and explain us that, that this is not a bad thing, that nine um, independent well, phone companies are going He didn't say for sure if it was good million. or bad,
2: but maybe he's just going to explain it.
1: Yeah, the way he, the way he, <laughs> he talked, it. it sounded like to there's me an that explanation he had it. no problem with well, it. it. So it be true. We'll find out what you it's all, what's all about. All right, 222 Dave Ellswick Show, third floor, house side. Coverage of the 92nd General Assembly will continue in just a moment. All right, back with you just a couple minutes before we get to the uh, the news, so we won't uh, begin another discussion on another uh, topic right now. But just let it be known that there's some interesting things going on uh, in the House today, mm-hmm. uh, bills that are being looked
2: at, and nothing is... 100% sure. Nope. Stuff can change. So the governor's got his big tax bill on the floor of the House sometime today.
1: Now, you said that he came and talked to the Black Caucus he, he today. Did. Was he
2: Was he saying that I need your support on this? Well, he, he, he wasn't begging, but he was there talking to them about it, and they were asking questions, and and they weren't entirely on board with it. It didn't seem like.
1: Okay, the bottom line is, is, if he's losing a certain amount of Republicans... He's got to make up those votes somewhere, and uh, amongst the Democrats would be the obvious place Mm -hmm. that he would go to, which makes me wonder if the vote is a lot closer than what most people think it's going to be. And
2: and so part of the the concern that some of the Democrats had seemed like that that, um, they wanted some of this money maybe to go toward more money for schools or other kind of social type programs instead of sending more money to the highways. And I think maybe they also had some concern that that um, the plans to use this money weren't specific enough right now, prior to them voting on it. And that's a fair—that's a really a fair question about to, to to ask. Well, what's the money going to be spent for if you're going to ask us to raise taxes? As opposed to well, we're just going to give it to the highway department and let them figure out how to use it. And that's that's not a very acceptable answer.
1: Now, because their feeling is going to be that. People who are on the lower economic scale are going to suffer more by raising uh, gas and diesel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, costs than others. All right, we'll talk more when we get back from the Capitol, But first, the news. Okay. So I don't know how much you know about Robert' rules of order, uh, Paul. I've got a question. Okay. And somebody who does know is going to have to answer it. I think. And there's people that are asking us uh, why aren't they working on tabling the governor's highway bill so that they can take a, a, a longer and, and more clarifying look at Julie Mayberry's bill that she has out there. And I don't know can they can they table something that's already on the floor of the I, I house? As,
2: I assume that they could vote. To bring it down and maybe hear it another time. Well, I mean, it would be more pulling it down, wouldn't it? Not tabling it. See, I don't know how that works. So, in, in committees, a lot of times it's, it's just kind of it's kind of a combination between the um, the discretion of the chair and the discretion of the person, the sponsor who's running the bill, and so they'll just kind of decide when they want to run it.
1: And we'll talk about that today because the uh, cell phone. Bill
2: got. Bill they got said they tabled, got tabled, and I'm not sure exactly what that means. Last I think Thursday. it's. It's. I think it's kind of similar to being voted down, but it's not dead, and so I that doesn't. That doesn't happen very often, and um, so a lot of times they either get voted down or they or they get voted up, and that's kind of the end of it in that committee. But getting tabled is, is something different. I think it's kind of a, well, we're not quite finished with this, but we don't want to vote yes on it
1: Yeah, no, we don't want to do that. We'll keep you on CPR.
2: Something like I guess. that. Right. When, Put you on uh, a ventilator. I,
4: I can tell you that in order to table a motion that is already on the floor, uh, you, you can only table it in order to deal with another matter that has come up unexpectedly and which must be dealt with before the pending motion can be properly addressed.
1: Okay, so they could then table it because they could say that the, uh, the, the the bill that Julie Mayberry is considering is something that must be looked at before they vote yay or nay on the governor's highway proposal then.
4: Theoretically, yes, but in most practices, it is only in looking at an issue that affects what is already on the floor.
1: Okay, so we'll have to see if they if they want to do that, which I don't think they want to do that. That would be at the parliamentarian's uh, suggestion, I would assume.
4: Suggestion, discretion, yes.
1: Yeah, discretion probably a better word, and we know when we get
2: into that discretion thing, not necessarily. It'll be interesting, it'll be interesting to see if they don't have enough votes. They may decide to to pull it down for a while and hold off until they can lobby enough people to get them to vote for it. Or they may just die.
1: No, I don't think we're going to see that happen.
2: I think you're probably right. I think it's, uh, going,
1: to, I think it's going to get voted on today. I just think it's—I uh, do feel that with the governor going up in front of the Black Caucus— that tells me that the vote is closer than
2: they ever wanted it to be. I think you may be right. And it, and it wasn't just that he wasn't scheduled to be on the Black Caucus. It was actually sort of an, uh, um, uh, a last-minute thing because he wasn't on the agenda. Mm. And so... Um, well, that says a lot now, doesn't it? It, it seems like maybe that's a, uh, an indication, at least, that maybe it's not as, not as much of a sure thing as they were thinking. Well,
1: I, you know... As of last Thursday, though, I think that people were, there were some people that were willing to vote against the governor and his highway plan. There weren't enough to stop him. And I'm wondering now Something since they made, the well, they made the mistake of not getting Brant Smith's name on the bill, which means they couldn't vote on it until his, because he's a co-sponsor. No. You couldn't vote on it until his name was on the bill. They couldn't get his name on the bill in time to vote last week. So that's why they're voting today. And so the it's label. gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how this all plays out. Yeah. Could be could be much ado about nothing. Um, but that the governor, you know, said that he wanted to meet with the black caucus on, and you know, kind of a last minute deal makes me wonder, right, about why they're doing that. So, anyway, that's kind of interesting. We're, we're gonna, we're trying to get Senator Cooper on today. You know, when you go see a barber, if you'll look usually somewhere around the mirror of uh, that's there by the chair that mm-hmm. you're sitting in. You will see a license really? that the person has, so that they can cut
2: hair. Mm-hmm. I've never actually senator, had my hair cut at a barber. barber. Yeah.
1: So you got senator, you got senator Cooper, though. You know, putting forth a piece of legislation saying that they he wants to do away with barber barber licensing. Licensing. Now, if you do away with barber licensing, wonder how long before somebody wants to bring up. You know hair, you know uh, cosmetology types. Yeah, yeah, right. cosmetology is the the right word. Uh, licensing as as well. You know, I mean, look, I know whether I think my barber is good or not Mm -hmm. and it's not because he's got a license right it's i went to see him because typically somebody says yeah he he does he does an all right job or i happen to be (laughs) driving down the road and i see a barber pole Uh and i need a a haircut so i go in there and let the guy cut my hair and if he doesn't do a good job i'll never be back right and but if he does an all right job i'll probably will be back sure so what's the big deal about having a barber's license. I mean, the barbers aren't letting blood now or anything. I mean, that's the reason the no, pole is up there, <laughs> you know, with the red on them, is they used to be
2: blood letters wow. as well. They right. don't do that anymore. Right, right, and, or whatever. So so that's the thing, is that it's about liberty. And this, this helps both the consumer and people who want to get a job. And so, and I think sometimes what we're seeing is people will get out of prison and they have the skill. They know how to cut hair. And lo and behold, they get out of prison, they have this this skill to do an honorable thing, to make a living, and it's illegal. Not only do they have to have a license for it, I think in some cases, you you can't even get the license because of your criminal record. That's dumb.
1: Well, the other thing that's kind of specious to me about that is you cut hair. Mm-hmm. All right, I if do. you want to. I, I do now. Now, if I came to you and asked you to cut my hair, I'm asking you then to do an illegal activity. If I if you pay me something.
2: Yeah, and I would. You know, I wouldn't ask you to do it for free. Yeah. And that's the thing is that you know, I've, I've been cutting hair since I was a teenager. And I actually I, I actually looked into becoming a barber when I was I think 18 years old. And how much did it cost
1: to get a license? I don't remember what it was back then, but it was it was it, enough that it, it, it deterred you. It from was it. a big
2: enough deal that it deterred me from doing it. I didn't go into becoming a barber, but I already knew how to cut hair. It was a hoop that I was going to have to jump through and, and it was going to take time to get the license and um, and you're gonna to have to go to school right and you're gonna to have to, to take class. I already knew how to cut hair. Mm -hmm. And so I I went off into other things. But how many people out there are capable of making a living this way, but the government tells them, no, if you do this, we're going to arrest you or or fine you or something of that nature, when it's an honorable way to make a living, and government comes along and says, we're going to punish you for disobeying us, not because you hurt somebody, but because you disobeyed us. That's wrong.
1: Yeah, well, bottom line is...
2: They wouldn't know unless somebody reported you, right? And and that's and so I was talking to some of the people, um, one or two of the people on the committee, right now, and they were pointing out, well, you have the you have the liberty to go ahead and get your hair cut by an un- unlicensed barber. Now they just they just work under the table. It's like, well, maybe that's true, you, but they're, they're you know, risking why, going to jail yeah, over there. And why or something. would you want
1: to force people to be to in, the, in under, the dark, you
2: know, yeah. in, in the black market? That's right. kind of stupid. Right. And that, when you when you push people to work in the black market, you're pushing crime. You're actually encouraging because um, you know, it makes it more dangerous that, for them to work. It's like, you know, if you're a pharmacist, you can sell narcotics. There's very, very little risk in that. Hardly anybody gets murdered for selling while they're selling narcotics as a pharmacist. People get killed all the time when they're selling drugs in the black market. That's one of the biggest sources of murder is the black market drug trade. But it's because it's the black market. You, you put people into the shadows, and they start doing evil things, I think. And, and so when we unnecessarily push people into black markets, it makes it, um, it, makes it dangerous. It makes the, it's a crime issue. And and it's just a problem. And so this this is a small step, I think, and it doesn't totally do away with all regulations on barbers. They still, if I understand correctly, they would still have to um, pay a registration fee and put up a bond. And so it's not totally deregulating, but it's a step in the right direction, it sounds like.
1: All right. Let's get a break in, final break for this hour, and then we'll be back to finish it up. We are at the uh, Capitol. We're on the uh, the House side on the third floor. Understand right now both the House and the Senate are in session, so we're trying to give you a little foreshadowing of some of the things that are going on in those meetings, and then we'll be getting uh, the different uh, politicians on after the Senate and the House, uh, you know, leave for the day or take a break for the day and, and go out and, and talk a little bit amongst themselves about what's going on. But supposedly the governor's uh, bill about uh, highways is supposed to be heard today. I might have to take and send uh, Zach up here in a few minutes just to see what's going on. I'll have to explain to him where he gets his red paper so he kn- he can follow where they're at. It's all going on here at the Capitol where we are live, keeping uh, watch over the 92nd General Assembly on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Yeah, we're sitting here, and uh, I just sent Zach uh, towards the House Chambers to see what's going on inside the house chambers right now. We're kind of lost right now. We're outside and we, we don't have anybody you sent inside. than can't
5: bit of a
3: little it,
1: of so a little be interesting yeah he'll you know zach's going to have some fun today he's going to get his feet wet going into the chamber sitting up there trying to figure out what in the world are these people doing it makes you feel like you're in blazing saddles what, what in, in
4: the wild, wild, wild? wild world of sports <laughs> is going on around
1: here absolutely absolutely because it can get rather interesting at times so we'll see what uh, what happens but nobody's coming out all of the uh the people are waiting outside the doors right now with bated breath and waiting for somebody to come out. It's uh, it's interesting. This this looked like to be a, a totally easy foregone conclusion. Yes, or last week on Thursday, I mean nothing was being said that sounded like uh, the, uh, the the governor's plan was in any way,
2: shape, or form in any kind of peril. Now I'm not so sure. Maybe not. I wonder if it's actually already been heard, or if they're debating it right now. Or well, I just sent Zach, Zach there. up there to see. He's going he's gonna to check it out. There's a
1: if you ever come up uh, to the Capitol and you're wondering, well, how do I figure out what's going on? You come down, you go up by the House doors, and there's a couple of wooden desks there. Mm-hmm. And on those wooden desks, you'll find some red pieces of paper. On the Senate side, it'll be yellow pieces yeah, of paper. And uh, what it is is it lists what bills, Senate bills that the House has got to hear and House bills that the House has got to hear so they can send them over to the Senate So, because both houses have to, have to vote on these different bills. And you can see what it is that they're going to be addressing that day. Go up to the gallery. They'll let you in. They'll uh, put you through the metal detector and everything. And then you can sit down and, uh, you know, the speaker will be calling various pieces of legislation to the floor. Uh, People will walk to the front, to the lectern, and they'll defend or they'll attack those pieces of uh, legislation. And sometimes, if you're lucky, it'll be one of those pieces of legislation that uh, somebody will raise a question, and they'll question the person who's up front, and that's when it gets fun.
2: Yeah, it it may go on for an hour or two
1: on a single piece of legislation. It gets really interesting at that point, but most of it's pretty cut and dry. It'll be brought up, and uh, is there any question, and uh, nobody... Raise their hand and want to step up and ask you a question, and so they'll do the vote and they say, uh, You know, go to the vote and push your button or whatever. Right. And then you watch the tally board and see it'll tell you who voted for, who voted against, who voted present, who voted absent, yep, or just they didn't vote at all because they were absent, so their light stays
2: out. And then um, they'll tally it all up, yep, yeah. A lot, a lot of the legislation doesn't get a lot of opposition, but some of it will, will get a lot of opposition and, and there'll be a lot of debate back and forth, and, and there's a bill that ran in committee last Thursday, I believe, that went, um, I think they heard that for maybe three or four hours in committee, maybe more than that, because they heard it in the morning when I was there and then they came back in the afternoon and I think they went for maybe a couple more hours.
1: Yeah, if there's one thing that I can really uh, impress upon people is that committees are where pieces of legislation go to die yep because them, that's if, where if they get if they get beat in committee they don't make it to the floor right they don't make it to the floor they don't even that's not even giving them a chance to see that piece
2: of legislation become law right Right. Yeah, committees are kind of where they start. And if they can't ever get out of committee, a lot of times that's where they die. Yeah. The, I understand. On the Senate end, if it's a popular enough bill... You can pull it and put it on the floor. Yeah, they they can actually vote from the floor and pull it out of committee but anyway.
1: That's a two-thirds vote, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure
2: what that is. What, what it takes to do Which that? Which is and very
1: it, tough, and, and, it, and it would have to be a very
2: popular piece of legislation. It almost never happens. Yeah. It, it's a little bit of a. I think it may be considered a little bit of a slap in the face to the to the committee to the committee, and um, and the only way
1: that would happen is if you had enough of the the other party that uh, was not supporting that particular piece of legislation and they can try to kill it in committee but then you had enough people on the floor of whichever house in this case we're talking about the senate that they can call it into uh, onto the floor now i have heard i don't know how exactly they do it how they can uh, call something from uh, out of committee to the House floor, and there's some way they can do is that. There? Okay,
2: because I, I wasn't sure about that. I bet that's a good question for Stephen today.
1: Yeah, we could have Steve come up. We can yeah. we can talk to him about all of that. The main thing I want to talk to him about today is the cell phone bill. Yeah. They the, got uh, tabled own last own week. Yep. Yeah. And uh, see uh, what's going on with that? What were the problems? I thought it would be the eight million dollars for the nine different uh, specific uh, phone companies out there, and he looked at me and said, "Nope, not at all." And then I asked about, well, how about the uh, you know the panic button? And he said that uh, you know they they thought that they could work through that with an amendment that it opened up bidding. For more than just one company, mm. I got problems with you know bidding is only one company. Mm. That's not bidding; that's being given. Yeah, that's a, that's not much competition there if there's only one. Now, if of you're course. one, if you're wondering what we're talking about when we say panic button, uh, they've I guess they've passed some uh, legislation about schools and they have to have some kind of panic button that can be pressed if you know a shooter shows up or something that. Mm. Immediately will notify uh, the authorities. Interesting. So why is that a?
2: I mean, a, there's hundreds of people in the schools with cell phones. I would think the the word would get to the.
4: Well, yeah, I maybe.
2: Them. I don't know. You know, it's if there's money to be made, somebody's going to make gonna money. It out.
1: <laughs> that, I mean, why, it's that it seems, simple.
2: Seems to me like maybe we could just hire the same company that made the app for for uber or, or lyft or one of these places and, and get them to can you modify this for us just a little bit and make it so it'll just direct phone calls to the to the hospitals and to the sheriff's department or, or police department and because apparently uber and lyft can figure out where you are and where to come pick you up and even bill you for for it and all it takes is an app so i agree with that that's where you use
1: you know Existing the technology. Uh, you know you use the private sector
2: to help the public sector. And it may be that we don't need the government to do this at all, because maybe the private sector would really? do it for us.
1: No, that can't happen, Paul.
2: <laughs> the government must right. solve all of our problems. Exactly. We've got to have the government to solve the these problems. the only way because, that it works. Because we would just be too plum stupid to, to download an app on our phones to figure it out, or else to punch it into speed dial so we can dial it quickly without government coming along to solve the problem. With gazillions of dollars. Yeah,
1: that's that's
2: the key. Yeah. If, if you've got a $12 problem. Go, By the way,
1: no. did you hear how much it was going to cost for uh, the uh, Green New Deal per family? About $2 million? No, $600,000 a year. Oh, is year. that all? It's a bargain. Yeah, $600,000 a year. A year? Do you happen to make $600,000 a year? I don't. Hmm. No. Per year. It is uh, the, big, it the big the big the uh, well, big price know, that came out was nine point seven trillion dollars. A year,
2: nine point seven yeah, trillion. Yeah, something like that. Well yeah. I mean we can we can all start growing our money trees, can't we? Yeah, yeah. Plant, Don't you plant your magic seeds now. Don't you have a money tree in your backyard? Yeah, go
1: out there and and find uh, you know, the green giants uh you know, seeds that you need to get up to his land and steal his gold. With that all in mind, while we're thinking about that, let us take a break. We're in the uh, Capitol right now, third floor, House side. It's so the Dave Ellsworth Show, 101.1 FM. The uh, uh, answer will be back, and uh, maybe we'll have some answers to you about the governor's highway bill when we return right here on your radio. All right, so the House has approved House Concurrent Resolution 1007, under which the House and Senate may recess at the close of business March 20th, which is a Wednesday, and resume their work March 25th, a Monday, according to Senate President Pro Tem Jim Hendren. And uh, he said he expects the Senate to approve the resolution. It's uh, known as the Spring Break Resolution in some legislative session so that means that uh, the dave ellswick show will get a few days off uh, from being here uh, for a week while spring break goes on and then after spring break is done we'll we'll uh, reconvene here so to speak and and get more business uh more business done what
2: week was that again
1: and it's going to be uh they said march They'll resume business, uh, close of business March 20th, which is a Wednesday. Resume their work Monday, March 25th.
2: So basically they're just taking off they're taking one or two off days. Them, yeah,
1: spring break
5: okay.
1: while their kids are out of school so they can go do something. You know, go to Disneyland and see the you know the house and get the mouse and get themselves some ears that they can wear <laughs> back here to the, the thing. I mean, right now, the big things that are going on is this... Get in front of the microphone, Zach We're going to bring Zach on He, he made his way back, mm-hmm. his eyes are glazed <laughs> He's watching him talking it's, it's really exciting, isn't it, Zach? I mean, that, that's, that's hard to handle and not want to kind of jump up and cheer for the home team or something.
2: Well, I wouldn't know what to cheer for. <laughs> All right.
1: So have they already voted on the governor's highway bill? Do you know?
2: I have no idea. So okay. they where, where, know, where did, did were, they, they end
1: up at when um, you were there?
2: 1542 at the bottom. 1542, is it Birch? Birch yeah, is where you were. That's where it is right now. Okay, so so what was in front of it?
5: Uh, 1452, and Representative so, Barker's
2: bill. So he's right here. There's... They're not very close to being finished with the agenda, looks like. Um, it
1: says to continue a levy of a one half percent sales and use tax for the state's highway system, mm. county roads, and that that's was probably a, the that was Wardle. Yeah, that's House that's, Joint Resolution 1018. Yeah, it it probably happened before he
2: got in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so evidently they voted on it. That was the half cent sales tax. I, the that's gotta got be passed by both the House and the Senate. Okay. Um, I think. Well the Senate probably has already voted on, haven't they? No, that's an H J R, so that comes okay, from the that's kind of Okay, that's House. Okay, so, so now they gotta send it to so the Senate. I, so we'll see what that is. I mean see where see if we can find that tax that we were looking for. I'd like to see what uh, the vote was. Yeah, maybe we can look it up. I don't know if it's available yet online.
1: Because they're voting on that today. Oh boy, they've got a long agenda. Yeah, they mm-hmm. got
2: a hu- it's real long yeah. Yeah. today. They are they're to, If there's, they may not
1: be out by 4 o'clock. Goodness. Or some five. of this stuff
2: may be batched, though. So look at some of this stuff. is They're very similar um, technical <laughs> corrections bills. They may batch those together. Yeah, they'll just read uh, the
1: numbers and say, "All in favor, say aye." All, you know, they they might do some.
2: They may batch them up and and vote on fifteen or twenty of them at the same time. Now, the only other, the
1: only other one uh, thing that's going on today is they are trying to weed through all of the the amendments different representatives and senators have put forward because the Senate and the House get three total together. Okay, Mm -hmm. right. They uh, in this uh, story by Wickline today in the Dim Gas uh, asked what amendments he wants referred to the 2020 election ballot. Governor Asa Hutchinson said in a written statement to see he wasn't expecting that question at all. Uh, anyway, uh, in a written statement, that means he knew he was going to be asked about this. "Quote the top priority is the amendment to extend." The one-half-cent sales tax for highways. Beyond that, I want to leave the greatest amount of discretion with the general assembly. In other words, I won't say what the other two would be. You guys figured that one out. But I do want the half-cent. Mm-hmm. Do not dare do three and not include that. Now, I'm just saying. It's kind of what's going on. I think they could pick something better.
2: Yeah, I think they could do some, do a lot better There's a lot. I'd like
1: they could make uh, Supreme Court justices and other justices run partisan
2: races. Or, or, or get rid of the fact that, that Supreme Court justices have to be attorneys. Yeah, that'd that, be another one
1: that, that'd be good. That, the, even in the Supreme Court of the United States, we don't right, require Right, yeah, that.
2: you or I could run as could be a Supreme Court justice in the U.S., United States, but we couldn't even be a local judge in, the, in Arkansas. Yeah. Makes uh, no sense. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. And, no, an, it mean, makes no sense whatsoever. It, maybe it makes lots of money, dollars and cents. But but the, um, the the fact is that when you make it to where you have to be an attorney to be a judge or a prosecutor, you eliminate most of the good candidates. You make it almost impossible for for, for a good person to be elected as a judge because I mean, you've eliminated almost all of them. And not to mention it also helps the kind of the left-wing agenda because by and large I think you'll see that most attorneys— are left-leaning. And um, so this is kind of a, a... where the left can't get their agenda through by the legislative process. They use the judicial process to 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 uh, essentially violate the constitutional principles that, w- that have la- been laid out for, for legislative procedure because they're using the courts a- as, a, as a sort of legislative body.
1: Well, I really do appreciate... I would like to see anybody... Can run to be a Supreme Court justice. That you must. You don't have to absolutely be a lawyer. I could. I could see myself running for a Supreme Court justice, and I can see my uh, how I would run for it because I would use everything that the lawyer would say is a reason you wanted to vote for him against him. Right.
2: (laughs) <laughs> right, right. It's like, I'm just
1: saying.
2: And the, and the attorney says, "Well, you're not a, you're not trained in the law. Well, that's that's an advantage because being trained going to going to law school is like getting a lobotomy, on, on some level. I mean, you go you got these people that are fairly intelligent when they go into law school and they come out and they don't know how to read anymore because they've they've been trained that well. This Supreme Court." ruled that the fourth amendment means this it doesn't say that but it means that which is that, that messes with your mind if you actually accept that idea because it's there they're, they've been told and taught and it's been drilled into them that that the um that the courts can determine can make declarations about the meanings of, of um of laws of of um of constitutional provisions when it those constitutional provisions clearly do not mean what these courts are declaring that they mean, and so you're you're taking someone that knows how to read; they've got an intelligent mind, and they're they're being fed this garbage, and and they accept this, and it it, it can mess with you, and I, and I think it's messing up their minds. Yeah, I got to tell you what, uh, there was a
1: Robert Steinbach is on his way. He just Good. texted me said he's on his way. And what's exciting about Robert Steinbach, uh, other than that he is our, our legal beagle that we have yep. on here, is that can you guys remember back in the early 2000s that uh, De PIPA is a guy that they always
2: yeah, he comes down
1: to the defer to, the, to the, you know the in, committees sometimes uh, they always defer to him for his expertise on the law, and now I very seldom even see him in in
2: there anymore. Now we see Robert Steinbach I in there. I don't think I've seen De Pippa At, during the session once yet. During, I think he was during the last legislative session. Well, we're going to bring that up when
1: Robert gets yeah. here, which will happen when we get back. Let's take our break here on the uh, the Dave Ellsworth Show, quarter after three. We're on the third floor of the, uh, the House, uh, right uh, over by the House chambers. We're at the Capitol. We'd like you to come by and visit and say hello to us. But right now we got to get a break in, and let's do that after I tell you about Dwayne Smith. He is a uh, insurance agent with Allstate. He owns his own agency, the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency, and he can take good care of you. He can, you know, help you not have to tangle, uh, you know, with the misfortunes of people that are out there uh, trying to steal your car or somebody hitting your car or or, or whatever, just know that Dwayne is ready to have you come into his office, bring your insurance policy, you got your your car and your house with, or life even, and let them look at it and show you how Allstate can save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a year. Call them at 501-818-0373 or... Visit with them. Sit down at uh, 3920 East Keel Avenue. That's 3920 East Keel in Sherwood. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Just speaking, uh, we were kind of mentioning earlier today about learning some things from private companies and not depending upon the government all the time for things to be done. Did you see where the uh, SpaceX docking went flawlessly? Uh, over the weekend. Oh. Man flight planned after capsule space station connect, a sleek new American built capsule with just a test dummy aboard dock smoothly with the International Space Station Sunday. Bringing the U.S. a big step closer to getting back in the business of launching astronauts. That was a
2: private. Yeah, that that's private.
1: Uh, That's Musk's company. Uh, the white bullet-shaped uh, Dragon capsule developed by Elon Musk's SpaceX company under contract to NASA closed in on the orbiting station nearly 260 miles above the Pacific Ocean, flying autom- autonomously linked up on its own without the help of the robotic arm nom- normally used to guide spacecraft into position. Dragon's arrival marked the first time in eight years that an American-made spacecraft capable of carrying humans has flown to the space station. Wow.
2: Eight years. Interesting. And it was privately funded.
1: A new, yeah, here's what it was cool. said. A new generation of spaceflight starts now. With the uh, arrival of SpaceX's crew Dragon to the space station, according to NASA Administrator Jim uh, Bridenstine, congratulations to all for this historic achievement, getting us closer to flying American astronauts on American rockets. So um, that's a big, big deal. It really is a big deal. Uh, We should be leading always in space, not trailing other people about this for the simple reason you know we're, we're the only country that's landed astronauts on the moon the only one now the chinese say that they're getting close but they went on the dark side of the moon and we don't know if they really went or
2: not hmm. you know as far as that's interesting concerned. That's so. an, is it it's a cold side of the moon, isn't it?
1: You know, dark side is. I, I mean, maybe they went up there since, uh, you know, the Transformers did do so big, bi- such big business over there in in China. Maybe they went up there to find those Transformers that, hmm. you know, had landed on the moon on the dark side did and came the to e-
2: exotic metals to huh?
1: be able to make well, they, they got there to be able to attack, uh, you know, the Decepticons were on hmm. the dark side to be able to come over and attack. You know the good guys here that was on we on the on the on the earth,
2: maybe. Just <laughs> <laughs>
1: saying, Paul has no idea what I'm even talking about right um, now. Now Zach I, I, is laughing because he knows exactly. I, I, what I get I'm a little bit
4: here about. and there, but
2: but no, I'm not as familiar with the story probably as Zach. Yeah,
1: so you're not even you're not even you know cognizant of the secret headquarters in the Hoover Dam.
2: I, I guess not. No. Okay. No. I'm telling you, you no. gotta, get I'm, I'm, it, gotta get with it. I'm kind
1: of sheltered here. And get with it. Yeah. What's his name? What was his? Name? Not Optimus Prime. The uh, other guy. Megatron. Megatron. Yeah. Hanging out on the dark side mm. of the moon. I'm yeah.
2: They say Sentinel would be up there on the moon, on the dark side of the moon. Yeah. That's where they will find him.
1: Mm. What can saying, I tell you? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's the Chinese really up to?
2: Exactly. Maybe they're, they're trying to shoot wandering. Santa
1: Claus out of the sky. I have no idea what they're trying to do. And see,
2: Bumblebee is around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's driving around. Yeah. No home.
1: Stick <laughs> around in my show long enough and we'll get into references to movies. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting that it's been eight years, eight years since an American astronaut, has docked, with the has docked with the space station wow. on an American rocket. Wow! So the last the last American rocket. So we've been going up either on Soviet craft or on Chinese craft. Wow!
2: Interesting. So the last one that came from the space station. Actually, came apart, didn't it? Is that, is that am I remembering that correctly? Is you that know. is that the one that came apart in the air? It may have been. I'm not sure. That it came down in pieces. Yeah. But we came back. No, we,
1: I mean, it wasn't because we went up there uh, after that, I too. Think maybe you're right. Because we had to get, you know, the, the it hadn't been Serviced retired yet, uh, the, the space shuttle. It's just that, you know, now it's important that we get up there and figure out ways of manufacturing uh, up there so that we can launch from there to the moon, have a, you know, a permanent... Uh, presence on the moon, and that is where we'll launch to go to Mars. I mm. believe.
2: You know, I, I've talked some about this with some other people, and and if they can ever get something tethered to the Earth, so you can have a geo get in geosynchronous orbit, then you can just pull things up um, without having to actually shoot stuff up with a rocket. Do You know that that's
1: what they're working on the Japanese. Really? Are you ready for this? An elevator. Yeah, an elevator mm-hmm. from Japan. To outer space, right? Because uh, it's so much cheaper. The first, per- the thing that would be in space would be s- staying in pr- the perfect orbit. So you could build something from solid
2: on the Earth up to where they're at. Get yeah, some type of cable without any problem. So it's tethered down to the Earth, and so you, yeah. so you, there's a there's a distance that's just about right. So you could what they call geosynchronous orbit. Then you have to build a cable that's strong enough to hold its own weight. Because most materials are not actually strong enough to hold their own weight when they're a hundred miles long, or or more than that. It may maybe several hundred miles. I don't know how many. But to to get to the right yeah, I don't know the distance.
1: specifics. I just know, I read that, and I started talking about Ocasio. Yeah, I started talking about you know her, and building bridges from the United States to Europe and putting bullet trains on them. <laughs> That's still. That, that woman's freaking me out. Yeah. We had a great conversation today. Steve Smith dropped by earlier before we went on the air. He is the person who works with Congressman French Hill and was telling us that uh, most people in the Democrat caucus are not saying bad things against her, but think that she's you know, part of uh, the nut farm, uh, but they won't say anything because they're afraid— that uh, what happened with millennial voters and how mm-hmm. they respond—that they think what she's talking about is just absolutely nuts. Well, it is. It's it's beyond even science fiction. Well, and and, and if, if
2: if money was no object, then what she's talking about might be possible. But the fact is that well, nine point seven trillion dollars—money is no object for this woman. Right. The, the fact is that economics is a real thing. And at some point, you can't She doesn't think so. Well...
1: Although some Democrats bad. are beginning to think so. The governor of California has said that their bullet train is a pipe dream. Mm, literally. They can't afford that at all. It's too expensive. So you got them, and there's been several other uh, you know, Democrats now that are saying what she wants to do is crazy. I mean, we're talking... This uh, GND costing every American household $600,000. Let me repeat that to you again. $600,000. Now, I don't know about you. I mean, I don't have anywhere near that kind of money. I mean, I'm excited because I'm waiting for my tax refund to show up (laughs) probably Wednesday, and it's $1,400. And I'm excited because that's a lot of money to me. You know, that's why, you know, uh, Pelosi f- ticked me off when she started talking about $800. And I said, it's, it's peanuts. It's nothing. To her. To her. Perhaps not to so. me. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy when I start seeing $800 appear in my checking well, account.
2: And I think maybe that's part of the problem with all these congressmen and senators is that they live so much different lives. Than people in the real world, and so when they pass laws on the rest of us,
1: that sometimes
2: don't apply to them. That, or or just which is constitutionally illegal. Well, and and, and so they, they pass laws that don't really affect them all that much because you know, okay, it costs an extra fifty bucks a year or a hundred bucks a year for something for this, that, or the other, and it's like, oh, well, it doesn't make any difference to them. One, it may not affect them, or two. The the cost is so negligible in their budget.
1: All right, we're out of time for this half hour. Robert Steinbach should be here when we get back. We'll continue our conversation with him. But now the news. All right, back with you. We're at the uh, state capitol, second or pardon me, third floor house side, and uh, sitting here talking about what's going on. I'm going to tell you what the house is really doing a lot of business today. The Senate, not so much. I'm sitting here looking here, and it's like, whoa! Look at this, Robert. This is what this is what went, went on at the the Senate today. You see that?
6: Yeah. Any gun bills? I'm waiting to see some gun bills.
1: Now this is the House today. Look at this.
6: Okay, even more.
2: The yeah, but does. look
1: at look at the House though. Look at this. What?
2: They do front and back on their pages. All right. Yeah.
6: All right. Uh, what about gun bills? You no know, gu- no uh, gun listen, bills. I can I, I I can make a lot of bubbles with one piece of bubble gum. I want to see something getting done around here, okay? This is what I'm tired of with it. Yeah, they can churn and they can make and they can publish and they can put out bills and acts. Where's the stuff that matters? I want to see some gun bills, and I don't want conservatives crying and weeping and hiding underneath the daisies because they're afraid to put out some real bills. Let's get it done.
2: But they're passing tax increases right now. No, you got they, you, you no. got you gotta wait for them to pass the tax increase. First. There you
6: go. Then, then that's all I need to see.
1: <laughs> well, that, that that's already happened on in the uh, in the house today.
2: Well, the, that's the it's the you know the ballot initiative thing. Uh, the, 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 uh, a, a, a ballot yeah, the ballot initiative, um, I guess you maybe you call it. It was concur a ballot measure. with the
1: Senate. This is concurrence in Senate, Senate minute. minute. This is the one that will go on to the ballot for the people yeah. to vote on. Yeah, that's and it's HB. H-G-A-R. Yeah, H-G-A-R, 1018. To continue a levy of a half, one-half percent sales and use tax for the state's highway system, county roads, and city streets. Now, I had heard and had thought that I had heard, maybe I was mistaken about what I heard, is that there were a lot of uh, Republicans that wanted that to be voted on. Not this way, but in an up or down vote by, by the House and the Senate. Not as a put oh, it on as an right. initiated act. They didn't want to do that. And the way it's ended up as is that it's being sent to the people to vote yes or, now, or no. Just know that every time you see an ad that says you should vote yes for this particular uh, bill... That a cement uh, company or an asphalt company or uh, a whole lot of other different places out there that have money tied up
2: in highways are telling you to vote yes.
1: Just know that that's there.
2: Well, and, and that's kind of the thing is that when you've got people that are that are personally interested in it, um, then um, they'll tend to um, support. The legislation that will make them money.
1: Well, yeah, that's why I'm saying. That's why, when you see the ads, that's where the money's coming from. It's coming from the people who stand to make money from that particular piece of legislation getting it passed. Just so that's just just so you know.
6: Listen, money, unfortunately, is driving too much of what's going on in politics. Dave, we talked last week about Senator Hammer's bill. To allow the Freedom of Information Act, something that is dear and near to me, needless to say, to uh, cover shadow government entities. Let's be clear what we're talking about here. We're talking about foundations designed and uh, set up to augment governmental entities, and the they serve as cover. They serve to shield from public oversight, the activities of government. Millions of dollars are going into government operations through these so-called private foundations. They're, they're as private, you know, as is the capital we're sitting in today in reality. And they they are fighting this bill. They fought it already in committee. Uh, I don't know if it's going to come back up in committee or not, uh, but this bill is designed designed to um i'm sorry they didn't even fight it in committee yet they're fighting it the the the, there are people lobbying the the people on the committee to vote no Uh, i apologize i was getting that confused with the other bill uh but they are fighting this bill to have the FOIA cover the entities that operate as a shadow government you know we need to be concerned that when we have shadow government operations going on more and more for the express purpose of hiding from you me the taxpayers the public the press what's going on and mind you the freedom of information act right now likely covers these entities. But somebody's got to sue, it cost a lot of money, the newspaper started a suit on one of these cases, and then all of a sudden these this foundation, I think it was the, the Red Wolves from ASU, buckled like a cheap belt and turned over the documents. So what are they going to do? You know, they got what they, they saw. They got that, what they want. What right. we
2: need is we need prosecutors to be arresting these people. Right,
6: exactly. And, and the fact is... There,
2: there is the ability for prosecutors to do that. That's right, and there is, that. a
6: criminal, there is a criminal provision in the Freedom of Information Act. And and I agree with you, Paul, 100%. There needs to be a criminal prosecution of some of these folks who are operating these entities, uh, these, these so-called private foundations, and then as a consequence, they may get in line. But until then... Until then, what's going to happen? Nothing. And so, one alternative is to have the hammer bill. And what the hammer bill would do uh, is make it clear. That these entities are indeed covered by the Freedom of Information Act, and they're going to start turning over the records. We're tired
2: of it. Right, and, and it, but we need teeth in it. We need we well, there are teeth in it, but the problem is we don't have prosecutors that we can trust to bring charges, bring criminal charges against these people.
6: You know, the difficulty is these entities are so large. Um, they give money, right? They they wind up giving money to politicians and elsewhere, mm. uh, and they sit in the jurisdictions in which these elected prosecutors uh, operate. And so, what do you think is going to happen? Well, and that's, and it's that's a circle that's, of corruption, is what it is. That's one of
2: the problems with our concept of having a prosecutor who's got a monopoly on choosing who gets charged with criminal activity. And that's that's a weird system. I don't know how we came up with it, but.
6: Well, it's, it's largely it, the system it, it, all over the world. I agree it, with you that it is, it. because government has a monopoly on force, right? And that's right. What, and
2: so we, we've given, we've made it a political position for someone to decide who will and will not be punished when right. they, when other people hurt you. And especially what's bizarre about it is that even government officials, when they hurt you, there's another government official that's going to decide whether or not they did anything wrong. And so at the end of the day, it's like, well, we've investigated ourselves and we've decided we didn't do anything wrong. That's bizarre and and stupid.
6: And and the first step to avoid corruption isn't even the prosecution. It's simply the disclosure of records, the disclosure of truth. And these shadow government entities are hiding the truth from you. And so when this hammer bill comes up that simply says, more clearly, these private, so-called private foundations that are designed to operate to support government functions, they are subject to the FOIA. It's in the law right now, and it's going. And if this bill passes, and and they still refuse. Uh, well, first of all, I don't think they will refuse to comply because it will be so. Apparent that they're breaking the law, and if they still refuse to comply, I think you might actually get a criminal
2: prosecution. You, might. you might, but yeah, I, I, I bet there hasn't been a single criminal, criminal prosecution of this law anywhere in the state of Arkansas under, and, and under, under the, the current law. Oh, there have been. Have there actually yeah, been, there have been actually been prosecutions? Yeah, there have been prosecutions, oh,
6: wow. and I and I'm told there's been one conviction, but I'm not sure if that's really? accurate because I know there was a conviction in a district court, but then it was overturned in the circuit court. Hmm. So I don't know if there's been a conviction You're that stuck. has right. Exactly. In fact, the guy that was on the show last week with us, Chris Corbett, defended uh, someone who was criminally prosecuted. Really? He's the one that, that he really? and a colleague of his uh, got uh, the guy off at the circuit level. Um, and the guy was, uh, I mean, what he did was horrific and a violation of the FOIA absolutely well, that's how good a lawyer corbett is he got him off when this guy was, was clearly guilty clearly yeah. violating the FOIA. You clearly know,
1: so how did he get him off
6: the prosecution didn't prove an element of the case and then they realized it too late oh wow. yeah they're like oh, oh wait what huh?
1: and so they decided oh. not to come back again well that was
6: they, they couldn't um, um, double jeopardy jeopardy right
1: okay
2: Interesting. Oh. Yeah, and so a prosecutor can can do a lousy job and let their their fellow government agents. Well, that's off. always yeah. been a case. Well, yeah. How many murder
1: trials have you bought, watched, and, and seen and, yeah. that they've been botched by? Oh, let's see. Maybe, OJ, maybe on yeah. purpose even. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: i can start with OJ. You know, exactly. how, how do you botch that? You, know, you let you let him try to put on a pair of gloves. You know, right. dumbasses. Anyway, I don't know why they did that. It's silly, silly stuff. Anyway, so what do you, uh, you're, you're here today, what are you looking into, Mr. Uh, Steinbach? Is there anything that's got you interested besides these other cases that we're talking about?
4: Well,
6: Dave, I'm still interested in the bill that got no traction uh, in the Senate Education Committee. Oh, no, you're week. talking
1: about right. uh, thing about uh, tenure? Tenure
6: contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, I spoke to a very smart senator uh, here. Uh, and i mean that sincerely someone who really understands and i don't agree with him on everything by the way but a very smart i'm not going to say his name right now Uh, i'll give him credit uh, later Uh, but a very smart senator and i said to him you know and he said to me well i've got certain concerns about tenure contracts etc and and i said this isn't about tenure contracts this is about uh, any, any contract that if the government makes a contract with you it needs to abide by that contract and this is the problem too often we are seeing the government simply say we're going to do whatever we want we're going to step on the rights of individuals and when i explained that to the senator he said i didn't realize that this that is what this bill is about i might even co-sponsor this bill that's how. Wow. Um, and, and we see this all the time, by the way, you know, that the, the, the government now, of course, has sovereign immunity. That was pursued by the University of Arkansas mm-hmm. in litigation. They won that issue. And the chief counsel for the University of Arkansas uh, said in a FOIA task force, meaning, well, of course, that doesn't apply to, um, to injunctions, <laughs> right, and to injun- injunctive relief, uh, meaning non-monetary relief. And then they filed a brief where they said, well, you can't get it under sovereign immunity. I can't get an injunction over sovereign immunity I mean it's a it's a forked tongue and that's what happens if you let government get away with murder so to speak they're going to do it and who do they do it
2: to us the citizens right and the, the sovereign immunity thing is you know, it's pretty actually clear in the in the Constitution the state of Arkansas shall not be a defendant in her courts I believe is the wording that that has a pretty clear meaning and so I think it's a bad idea either to have that well,
6: and you know there was well, there was talk about having a constitutional amendment to, to it, deal with that, right? And this has not gotten right. traction. But the thing is, we, we
2: need either that, e- either we need to get rid of that, or right. we need right. to keep that and make it so that we can actually sue individuals who work for the government. Right. I think that would actually be well, a better. But approach.
6: also, most interpretations of that of that reading say it doesn't cover injunctive relief, and yet, of course, the, the government has talked on, with a forked tongue on that issue.
1: All right. So when we come back, got to get a quick uh, break in. Cinder Cooper is going to be with us. I want to talk to him about, can you get your hair cut by someone who doesn't have a license? Oh, my God. Can we do... I want you to think about
2: that. Somebody without a license might they, cut your hair. They, they, they might, and they might, you know, they might really hurt me. For crying out loud, you can have a baby without a license, yeah. but you can't cut hair. That's nuts.
1: All right. We'll talk about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
2: All right. Back with you.
1: Third floor, house side. And um, is it possible, what do you think, Robert? Is it possible for somebody to cut people's hair? And people see that the person doesn't have a license. I mean, I'd be afraid they might cut my throat when they're trying to shave my head or whatever.
6: Dave, when I've seen your hair, when you had longer hair, and when and now that you shave your head, um, I, I'd be surprised if the person did have a license. So I'm just saying,
2: <laughs> the license might not have been. Yeah, helping. That,
6: what was that? Was that licensing helping anything? I'm not sure. I'm no, yeah. yeah, so teasing there, you. Of there, course,
2: but con- no- there are some concerns that people brought up, bring up about. About the the barbering stuff, the, the, like what? Well, they say, well, people people might not what clean. What kind
1: of aftershave?
2: They, they may not clean their scissors enough, and so they may spread disease. But you know, it doesn't take fifteen hundred hours or whatever it is of training to learn. You know, wash your hands and clean your scissors.
6: Oh, the, I mean, well, there've been studies on this, right? And and the, the amount of these uh, licensing requirements that bear on health and safety are. Uh, a small, not, in, not insignificant, not zero, but only a small part. And so they become... Uh,
2: the, the, primary, right, the primary role is, is... to
6: keep a monopoly. Is. It's for monopoly.
2: Well, let's not the to Senator yes, Tom. Absolutely. He's <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> talking with me. He's the guy
6: sits one. down and you come
0: to me.
1: What are you going yeah. to be for? <laughs> 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 He's running the bill talk about it because you've gotten pushback on this
4: yes uh let me give a l- little bit of background on it uh, we uh we've had the task force on uh, red tape production for a year now and i was one of the chairs of that and uh some of the boards brought changes to us that we ran and successfully d- did but from the very beginning the barber board offered zero and uh so uh, this was one that they did not cooperate in, and I, I ran the bill and uh, made several pretty significant changes on consumerism right. and, uh, and also uh, some issues on licensing, okay. and uh, uh, obviously I got a lot of pushback on that, which that's okay, and I expected that uh, because it's significant changes. Uh, well, over the weekend, I received a call from uh, someone that uh, I believe is on the board and uh, asked me about, uh, uh, you know, if I was willing to talk. And I said, sure, I'm always reasonable. I don't talk with anybody, but anything almost. And uh, so uh, I told him I would do that, and uh, they asked me to be to a uh, a barber board meeting on the 11th and i said no i can't do that because that's not early enough you know this the session is it's coming it's going it, it's, the clock is going on that and there, that's just not doable time-wise so you know we have to make some kind of uh, a discussion before that so uh friday morning i met with some representatives of the uh, cosmetology industry and the barber industry one of those being one of the board members and uh, one of them is a, a lady that I know and uh, uh, used to have a barber uh, cosmetology school, and uh, and I'm not sure if she was on the board or not, but uh, she's uh, been in the industry a long time, and then there were some other people there that had schools, and uh, I pretty much knew what what i would have to have at a minimum uh to to agree with them and uh i was prepared to lay that out when they started talking and i realized what they were bringing to me was almost identical to what i wanted to do so uh it didn't take probably an hour uh, to we we had an agreement and uh so uh from friday morning till now that was the Case that I thought we were operating under, and today I find out that the Barbers has uh, has pulled pulled out of the agreement. Yeah, so I, I was at the Black Caucus this morning.
2: I think it might have been the chair of the Barbers Board. That came and spoke against your bill,
4: apparently, right. uh, to the to the Black Caucus. And well, I don't know if he was speaking against the bill that I have out there right. or the agreement. Yeah, I don't know uh, what. They're dramatically which he was, different. Uh, so I don't know uh, which he was speaking yeah, against? Well, probably both of them. Maybe so. Yeah. Uh, basically, what I've found with the Barber Board is uh, they're unwilling to give up anything. And the situation right now, is they're in violation of antitrust laws with the, D- the Department of Labor, okay. and that's a problem. Well, I mean they're. The, the,
2: it's a it's, it's a serious problem when people have a skill to perform an honor, honorable service for people and it's illegal. yeah it, it's crazy.
4: well the, the the playing field is not level between cosmetologists and barbers. There's been lawsuits against boards in this country uh, about antitrust laws and the courts have left guidance on basically two issues. Mm-hmm. one, uh, the boards uh, have to have oversight.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And the boards have to be um, uh, advisory only. If they have their own uh, licensing entity, if they have conflict of interest there, if they have uh, the authority to deny, deny licenses and yet they've got a financial interest in it, mm-hmm. that's antitrust. That's basic antitrust law.
2: That's mm-hmm. conflict of interest. Yeah. Conflict yeah. of interest. So the guy that was there today, he, I think he said that he's been a barber for 50 years or something. I can't remember what he said. but. Mm-hmm. For someone to be on the board that can that can basically wipe out his own competition by the rulemaking and such, that's got kind of, that's kind of a problem.
4: Well, um, that's that problem is not unique at the <laughs> right. board in Arkansas. That's, that's pretty widespread, mm-hmm. not only in Arkansas with boards, but across the country. And the Department of Labor is starting to take an active role in uh, in addressing that. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what this Levin State Consortium is. It's about the, uh, about the uh, task force mm-hmm. uh, on red tape reduction right. is addressing uh, occupational licensing.
2: because yeah. In so many cases, the occupational licensing, it, it bars entry to a few bad actors. Mm-hmm. But it also gives credentials to bad actors as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we've got, we've got really onerous regulations that keep people from, from doing honorable work, people that are qualified, people that know what they're doing. Right. And on the other hand, it gives credentials to people who don't know what they're doing. They're bad
4: actors. Well, here's something pretty dramatic. Uh, it takes as many hours uh, to be a, a barber as it does to be a nurse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what sense does that make? One is life and death and one is you can think is life and death (laughs) if they screw up your hair, but I'm just saying (laughs) it's not life and death.
4: (laughs) You know, this is a little bit humorous, but somebody told me one time said, You know what the difference between a good haircut and a bad haircut is? What? Two days. <laughs> yeah, That's the truth. <laughs> All right. Let's well, a- it's not permanent. It'll grow bad, yeah, yeah. even if it might be bad. But,
1: All right. Uh, well, let's take a break. When we come back, Senator Cooper, hang with us and just okay. tell us, you know, what's the answer for this? Do you think? And we'll ask you that okay. question when we come back okay. and you can Thank share you. it with us. Let's take a break, come back, and uh, we've got a lot more to talk about. By the way, today is my producer's birthday. Russ today is uh, back at studio, 50 years old. I think I 51. got a 51. 51. I've, got a, I've got 26. A, I've got somebody <laughs> who is known to sing really well that's going to join us in the next hour and sing happy birthday to Russ. That's Uh-oh. coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's get back to our coverage of the 92nd General Assembly that's going on here at State Capitol at this time. But before we get back to what what's happening here in the Marble Halls, let's go talk to Shane Stacks. He joins us by phone. Shane, how are you today?
5: Dave, how the heck are you, man? How's it going down there at the Capitol?
1: It's uh, same old, same old. What can I tell you? we got uh, Senator Cooper here. We're yeah. just trying to make it. He's just, he's just trying to make it, you know, uh, a situation where it's free for people to cut hair. You know that things are gotten out of hand when you got to have a specific bill to make it possible for you to cut hair without hair without uh, some kind of a license. But before we go back to that, what do you got for us?
5: Well, I just you know it's very critically important what you guys are doing down there. Uh, some might even say that things during a legislature can get hair raising. So I want you guys to, to take care of that. And uh, but, but as important as the assembly is, something else very important is going on today, Dave. And it and it, it, it just happens to be our beloved Russ McKinney's birthday.
1: That's right. We, we mentioned that last hour that uh, he is 51 years old today. It says fifty-first revolution around the sun. Around
5: the sun. Congratulations on orbiting the sun again, Russ. And uh, I have to—I've got some—I got two presents for you, Russ. Uh, and you're not allowed to not listen. So, and I take no responsibility for any mental damages that may occur, or for any of the listeners. But okay. I do want to ask because when we were doing the morning jam. And Russ had a birthday. His wife snuck some don or some uh, donuts in there. Did that? Did Did you get donuts today, Russ? Uh, negative. Negative. Well, considering <laughs> that, we're, that we're both uh, blood sugar sensitive, that's probably good. But uh, all right, Russ, I got to do it, buddy. All right, I've been working on my singing lessons, so I hear that. God help us all gonna, in our ears. <laughs> it's not going to be absolutely terrible. I, I've heard. So here we go. Hold on, I'm going to so warm up.
1: Robert took so, his headset yeah. off.
5: Go <laughs> away me I'm warming up here. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> and all of you listeners out there in Dave Land, sing along with me to Russ. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Russ McKinney. Happy birthday. To you, you better than Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, Mr. President. And here's, here's my here's my parting gift. And then I'm going to let um, Dave.
1: Yeah, we uh, want to get uh, back to to, to Senator, Senator to Cooper.
5: Issues, and I'm sure that there's some people needing a haircut after that song. Um, <laughs> I've got I got a gift for you, Roger. It might
2: show. have just vibrated off their scalp.
5: I, I know how much you loved bad jokes, Russ. So did you hear about the Magic Tractor? No. Well, it was driving down the road and just turned into a field. Oh. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. Happy birthday, buddy. Dave, I'll let you get back to it. Keep up. All right, say, you work.
1: thank you. Thanks <laughs> much. Sorry, uh, Senator, that you had get <laughs> through that. That's uh, all right. There are fun times that we have here on the, uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. By the way, I'm just hearing that President Trump, speaking to the National Association of Attorneys General at the White House, called out Arkansas AG Leslie Rutledge today, saying, where is Leslie? Thank you for what you're doing. He listed a couple of details. One was her anti-opioid program. Everyone's talking about it. He also named a handful of others in a group. Thank you, comment. But she got a great shout out. There's something bigger in her future, said the president. So <laughs> so somebody call Leslie to see if she wants to talk this afternoon. What's that something bigger that she mm. might have in her future? Okay, I, I don't know. So here in the state of Arkansas, uh, Senator, is there a possibility that people will be able to cut hair without having a license?
4: I don't think so anytime soon. Okay. Uh, unfortunately... Uh um you know licensing is the most restrictive of the uh regulations, and uh uh just market competition is is at the other spectrum of that, yeah. and then there's you have bonding and registration certification all those levels between there and the thing about it is it seems like today almost the starting point is. Licensing, right. When it ought to be something upstream from that. And that's what I was trying to do with this bill, to to roll that mm-hmm. back uh, at least a few steps in bonding and registration. Uh, because I knew that it was not going to pass by just totally right. opening it totally. That's, but uh, it, It's unfortunate. How do we uh, get to the point where, where there's such a... It's a culture. Yeah. It becomes a culture. Yeah. And uh, what we're trying to do is change the conversation culturally so that we don't yeah. expect the first step to be licensing
2: you're right and it's just it's oh we've been, it's been talking about we've
1: been talking about this for years it's been in in place for a long long time and it's going to take a while to finally b- break the stranglehold right. that they have on it yeah. so w- what are you going to present then i mean you're working you've got blr writing up new legislation I have, and things.
4: Uh, i've uh, asked blr today to uh, file uh, to prepare me a new bill uh, And the reason I did that rather than amending this one was because I don't think the things that I want to do now, uh, and basically what I want to do now is do what we all agreed to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And I don't want to throw cosmetology under the bus because they agreed with me and that's still in place. And I don't want to renege on anything, you know other people can renege on me but I'm not going to renege on them Right. Right. and uh, so uh, I'm not going to affect cosmetology in a negative way with anything new that I'm doing Uh, but I will probably be filing a new bill and it will follow the lines of what we've already agreed to and uh, we'll just see if whether the barber board wants to be a part of going forward or whether they're going to just be obstructionist.
1: Yeah just for everybody's uh, knowledge you're going to like this, uh, Robert. If you are a cosmetologist, all right, you cut women's hair and cut men's hair now, too. True. You cannot use a straight razor. Did you know that? Well, I heard
6: it during the break, but prior to that, <laughs> no, I did not know Yeah, that. you can't
1: <laughs> use it. You can't, you know, no. when I go get my hair cut, I'm one of the old school guys, being in the military and stuff, that barbers, when they would be cutting your hair, you want it get to be totally clean around your ear and down the back of you know squared off in the back and they take a straight razor
4: and do that and there's some styles of women's hair that need they need to be able to do that cosmetologists need that and in our agreement we gave them the opportunity to do that okay both sides of them can be can use a razor but the barbers
1: now are reneging on that
4: right yeah. Why?
1: why? Why? Why did, Why is it that a woman or a you know cosmetologist can't use a, a straight razor?
4: Well, that's traditionalism. I guess goes yeah. back a long time, and uh, what we're getting is, especially on the barber side of it, uh, especially from the barber board, uh, they're resistant to almost any change. And in the new provision that we will have, that was the agreement that uh, both cosmetologists and barbers could use. Razor, and uh, we're going to give that opportunity to the cosmetologist side. Yeah, just so everybody yeah, that's, that's that and other provisions yes. as well.
1: Yeah, here's the key. I I just think this is utterly ridiculous, and it's why I I, I don't like uh, things uh, that we're seeing uh, like this. Uh, this whole licensing thing, because right. if they can license one thing, they can license dozens of things, and that's In what art. we and In that's art, what we've right. seen. Right. Well, we appreciate all the work you're doing on it, Senator. Come back and let us I will. know how it
4: goes. I will.
1: Thank right. you. Thank you very much. Who, is, uh, who will we get coming up? Well, I think we've got Stephen Meeks here at
2: 4.30, and represent, or Senator Hester just walked up a minute ago. I think he maybe walked away to get a phone call. Okay. Do we want to go ahead and take a break and then maybe try to get him uh, on before 3rd? Before I, can, I can do that. Let's see
1: let's go ahead and get our, uh, our quick break in, and then we'll try to get Senator Hester and try to get uh, uh, State Representative Meeks on because I want to talk to him about the, uh, uh, the cell phone bill that's out there. All that's coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here at State Capitol. We're on the third floor, house side, keeping uh, you know track of what's going on. You know, some people may have been listening to the last segment with uh, Senator Cooper and said, What's the big deal, Dave? We're talking cutting hair here. Here is the big deal. It's not just cutting hair. We're the most overregulated state in the South, easily. And we've got to break this hammer hole that you know these boards have. Yep here in in the state.
6: Well, and and the broader point is this is a 75% Republican legislature and we're supposed to be moving towards freedom and I want to see quicker and bolder and broader moves towards freedom and... Luckily, we have Senator Hester here who's going to be talking about his asset forfeiture bill because that's a giant step forward towards freedom because that is historically that has been one of the largest overreaches by government. Listen, we like government uh, to be respectful of individuals, but if it gets too big,
7: it is the biggest danger out there. Senator Hester, tell us about your bill if you can. Well, you know um – we made we made civil asset forfeiture as, as simple, I think, as you can make it, which is why I think we we're able to get such um, um, such big support from both sides, right? And we just said if if the government can't convict you of a felony, then they can't take your property. You know, wow, so, what a thought! Right. So when we started <laughs> to negotiate, when we were going to do this again. Um, we just started to figure out, where's the foundation here? And we went to the prosecutors, and why do you oppose it? And there's all these great reasons from them. And, and we said, well, can we agree at least this? And they said, yes. Well, okay. Then let's go there. And, uh, you know, I think that what, what, what our prosecutors fear is they see the horrendous example from New Mexico or, or, or Missouri, and they don't want to be that guy, right? Mm-hmm. And they're saying, we are willing to, to get rid of all the fringe stuff. Uh, uh, and make this as simple as possible, and we looks like we're going to. All right. So, what happened in New Mexico and Missouri? Oh, I just threw those cities out. Oh, I'm just okay. saying that.
2: Just, I'm just saying that we hear we're horror hear, stories. Right?
7: Correct. Yeah, we hear horror stories all over the country, and and uh, their biggest fear is one of those horror stories being in Arkansas, and they lose. All their civil asset forfeiture rights, then okay. you know, and, and all d- yeah.
6: credibility, and that's the point. If you keep this narrowly tailored, like you're trying to do, then it will serve a legitimate purpose, law enforcement purpose. But it has been uh, subject to such overreach. I'm speaking nationally, as you as you point out, with these horrific examples. And so, by reining it in with common sense legislation, like you're doing, you are you, you're taking five steps forward. And it's about time that we see some of these types of bills coming before the legislature because i think we've been getting too many small steps i want to see some bold steps this is an example of a bold conservative step forward by this legislature if it
7: passes
1: okay so how, how's it looking as far as that if it passes side of this
7: man i'll tell you i don't know if you saw we had 35 yays zero oh, nays wow. in the senate wow um and that, that that's been, on social media that's been my biggest feedback and from other, like how did you do that and and really i think we got the right players in early and when, when we we all figured out again what's the baseline you should agree to and for and and for a prosecutors to say they wouldn't agree uh that they have to convict somebody i think that looks pretty rough mm-hmm. and they agreed to that and wow. and most of our prosecutors uh really i believe are good people and i mean they are they're our people you know and and they want to do the right thing and and uh Anyway, they just came to the table right, and I, I hope I hope we set a standard for going
2: across the country. So, so previously, if I understand it correctly, you might actually, for instance, you, someone might be discovered they have a, a pile of cash on them for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and so the the police might take it on suspicion that it be, of it being drug money, and then no charges are even filed, and then the person has has to sue to get their money back. So, what what happens now? Let's say some. Let's say I'm. I'm I don't know, I, I run a stop sign or something, or I have a taillight out, and somehow they discover I have some cash on me, maybe several thousand dollars, and they decide they're going to take it. There's no other charges aside from maybe my taillight being out, but they take the money because they suspect well, why would Paul Calvert have $5,000 on him unless he's going to go, go buy some drugs or something? And so they take it. Now what happens? Do they have to give it back to me? After a certain time period, if they if they don't file charges against me, well, there, there's a hearing
7: with a judge specifically on, on the on the on the on asset, the asset and the seizure, On the seizure, right? on the seizure. Uh, and if a judge says there's probable cause for them to keep it as evidence, then okay. then they do. It. Okay. Uh, and when the as and so that I mean, ultimately, they they could hold your cash throughout the, the throughout hearing, the trial. throughout the trial. But uh, but if there's no
2: charge, if there's no charges filed, what happens then?
7: Uh, well, then they then now they have to give it back. They have to give it back. Okay.
2: Yeah. Right away. Okay.
7: Yeah. Cool. Yep. Straight away
2: okay so
1: we don't have to worry about arkansas becoming louisiana do you remember louisiana what <laughs> I, happened down there i've heard some stories yeah but the b- bottom line the judge got a third the prosecutor got a third and the sheriff got a third Mm-mm. you know that's a kangaroo court
2: folks you're going to lose your money well and we still have some of that going on in arkansas right now if i understand it correctly with well, the fine structure and the fee structure and whatnot is there is there any hope of doing something about that um, well, where all the, where all the funds go, I, I'll, I'll t-
7: maybe this is where you're going, but you know, like uh, we're not allowed to uh, have uh, payday lenders here, which I, I support uh, having payday lenders, uh, but uh, we say we don't because it's usurious, right? All right. Uh, but do you know the only person that can uh, exceed the usury fee in the state of Arkansas? The Courts. The courts. Wow. And they tell somebody you've got a. You have a two hundred dollar fine, and you you are a lower income worker, and you can only afford to pay twenty dollars a week. Well, for the right to pay twenty dollars a week, you have to pay ten dollars a week for the right to pay twenty dollars a week wow. as as a penalty. Wow! And so the, that's fifty percent a week. Well, correct, and it's it's unbelievable. Uh, and so I looked at doing away with that, and we're still discussing it. But that sure. money all goes all that extra that. They call that the financing money, or they mm-hmm. use it a, a different term. Okay, right? hold
1: on. Take yeah. take a breath here. Think about this. Okay, now, who gets the money?
2: The courts. This is a big surprise. So, so that, that's insane for the courts to be able to basically have this sort of, of incentive to find people guilty and then charge them high enough fines where they have to make payments on it. Is there any way that we can actually fund the courts totally? Don't let them accept any part of the fines. Don't let them accept any part of the fees. Take away all of their incentive to find people guilty. Well, you know, the argument goes on
7: that is if you're not, should we not charge the people who are using the court? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Should they not be the ones paying for it instead of the innocent people and using uh, general funds? I think that's how we get here. But uh, it, it, it certainly seems, uh, uh, can be argued, that uh, it, it incentivizes a court to find somebody guilty. Okay, right. i guess got to stop
1: you. We're out of time.
7: So where are we on this? Is it going to House it's now? Going to, it's going to be in House. Committee Representative McCollum is going to is going to carry it from here. And I sent him a screenshot that I got 35 yeas and zero nays and said anything less is unacceptable. <laughs> so
1: you want you a want hundred to nothing. That's what you want. All right. We appreciate you coming by. All right.
7: Thanks for thanks having Thanks very me. much. All we nice. Nice. appreciate
1: you. Hey, don't forget about uh, PI Roofing Homes solutions they have picked up tommy's gutter cleaning services Uh, if you're a customer of tommy's know you're going to get the same great quality gutter cleaning services from pi roofing i'll even say probably get better and with that recent purchase by PI Roofing Home Solutions if you are a person who has used Tommy's gutter cleaning service know that you can expect to get more now because along with uh, bringing you high quality gutter cleaning services the team at PI Roofing also offers comprehensive roofing and home repair expertise so you can learn more at piroofing.com that's piroofing.com All right, so Robert, uh, that was a win for uh, Freedom? That's a huge win. Let me let me be At clear about this. If, if we over we, in the Senate does
6: well, but 35 in the Senate, I will be shockingly surprised if we don't get a vast majority uh, in the House. Okay. This is going through and the and the governor is going to sign this. So this is this is a huge step forward. And this is what I've been talking about, Dave. People, uh, we need to see bold action in this legislature. Senator Hester's actions are uh, one example of that. The other example was the Forum Act, uh, the Dave Ellsworth wick act as a, as we often call it the free speech on campus act you heard now dave that the president of the united states president trump has now said he wants to do an executive order on what on the on the dave Ellswick act i'm yeah. not joking freedom
1: you. of speech on college campuses, speech? or they're going to cut out government grant money
6: that's exactly right well we just passed it we passed it a month ago give yeah. or take And now the president is talking about it. So Dave Ellswick is months, if not years, ahead of what's going on in the national government. And now I, I, I say that kind of for effect as well. But the point is true. So when these legislators are thinking about taking these baby steps that they're thinking about, wake up. Wake up. We are at the cutting edge on free speech on campus. We will be on the cutting edge momentarily when it comes to asset forfeiture so that we're not going after people's property without proper due process. Listen, conservatives are for law enforcement. But law enforcement means respecting individuals' rights as well.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. We'll talk more about that and a whole lot more. We've still got 90 minutes left at the Dave Ellswick Show for a Monday. The news is next. All right. So sometime before five o'clock, Stephen Meeks is supposed to stop by. State representative. We want to talk to him about uh, the um, uh, was it the cell phone act that would take care of our nine one one material that's going on out there. Uh, Pilkington's uh, birth control bill failed. Uh, debating now for reconsideration that's
2: from Stephen Meeks there
1: so does that mean after now that it's been voted down they can ask is it reconsideration or are they looking to expunge it
2: I, I'm not sure so what it's that like means. They didn't so so it may have been there, there was a few people that stepped out of the room and they think it would pass if those people were back in and so they're just they debating. want to be a bring it back up, then. right? I think that's what that means.
1: Okay, well, we'll we'll find out. I don't know all the ins and outs of the parliamentary procedure mm-hmm. that's going on. Like for instance, we thought that the vote was real, going to be really close on HJR on the half cent sales tax going being presented to the people to vote on. Apparently, it passed with and flying it, colors. It, yeah, it passed with flying colors. Say only twenty nine votes against it. So anyway. Although the governor uh, or there are so many people that were trying to hold that up because they wanted the
2: legislature to make that decision and not vote. Well, there's that there's that aspect of it. And there's also another bill that I'm not sure what happened with it yet. So there was the bill that was actually going to raise the. um, the wholesale gas tax, which is a different one from the sales tax. that Yeah, that's ARK different. 18. That's one
1: that's already exists, and they want to put it before the people to evidently to re- re-up to, it. Yeah, in perpetuity or whatever
2: perpetu- or to make it permanent. To so the make other one, it a permanent. The day. other one had a um, The other one died after a while, but this one this is going to make it a, um, give it eternal life.
1: Yeah, think about that now. I of mean. Sorts. Reagan was right. <laughs> A government program is the well, closest
2: thing that you'll come to immortality I mean, on this earth. How much longer? How much longer before we see sales tax at fifteen or twenty percent? I'm with you about that, man. I mean, how much longer? I mean, we're already seeing. Conway, uh, Paul, Paul, it, it's why about are you 12%. such a cheapskate?
6: You know they want fifteen cents. That's what they tell you. It's, it's three cents. It, Big it, deal. Give them some three cents. I don't care about. It's them. only three cents more. But of course, it's three cents more on every dollar that you spend. And this is the thing about government. They're trying to sell me a bag of BS. They're trying to sell me a bunch of shinola and telling tell me it's a bunch of roses. And I can tell the difference. Stop telling me that taxation is good for me
1: well you 're old huh? enough to really know that roses smell different than b s
6: yeah exactly Ma- <laughs> m- marginally just marginally uh, but and they cost a little bit more, but i 'm willing to pay for it
2: yeah. it 's my choice At the end of the day though. What bothers me more is that they're taking it, not the amount. It's just that what they're taking it and what they're using it for. Well, if
6: if I may paraphrase The Planet of the Apes, "Keep your hands off my stinking money."
2: Yeah, keep your paws. Well, I know that's why I was paraphrasing. (laughs) Well, and and it's, it's 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 the thing is that. The amount doesn't bother me as much as the way they take it and what they use it for. The
6: amount bothers me. You know why? The amount, the amount bothers, bothers me, too. Because it's my amount. That's why. The, the I, amount I love bothers when people go, well, I realize it's only a dollar, but it's the principle. It ain't the principle. It's the dollar. Because it's my dollar. <laughs>
2: yeah.
6: Keep well, your darn hands off my... Keep your paws off my dollar.
2: There you go. That's it. it We're going to make right. up
6: bumper stickers, Paul. Is, keep your paws off
2: my dollar. Yeah. It, it is the amount. But, but to me, there's, there are other issues more than just the amount. Because sometimes it's appropriate for government to get big. If, there's, if, some, if China decides to invade, it might be appropriate for government to get but big. Here's a mistake. But China's Pol- not invading. Pol-
6: Pol- government is big.
2: I agree. Government's
6: got a huge pot. And when I say, you got a bunch of great ideas. You see that big pot in the corner? Go take some money out of it. Go do no, yeah, t- take as much as you want out of that pot right. sitting in the corner of money that you've already taken out of my pocket. Just don't ask me for any more. Right. That's go-
2: it. You're, you're right. I, th- I think I think you're right that government is probably big enough to to have justified having being being in World War III at this point. But unfortunately, this is peacetime, and, and so and I think you're right there. So the, the amount already is horrendous. But, but what they 're using it for is the problem, not so much the amount. The, 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 the fact is they 're using it for socialism they 're using it for, 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 for some things for, for, the, for the inappropriate um, um, reasons that, that government does not exist for in a free society. Government does not exist to provide you with stuff. Government exists to protect your rights. If you want a government to protect you, to, to provide you with stuff you 're asking for a master. I don't want the government to be a master. I want the government to be a servant who keeps me safe from people who want to eat me. Many, many years ago, a very
1: popular president said, if you want the governor, the government to give you a place to stay that gives you three meals a day, that gives you free health care, that gives you all the things that we take for granted now, uh, then let us put you in prison. Exactly. That was but, and it President, is a type of President, President Eisenhower Yeah, said and it that. is a
6: type of prison. That's the point. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, the quality of those services that you will get if they are exclusively provided by government will be marginally better than those provided in prison, I assure you. Yeah, ask people <laughs>
1: who are in the military about how they like their health care a lot of times. It's
2: not overwhelmingly popular. <laughs> I'm just well, going to tell and, you. And one of the problems is when... when when people start selling stuff to the government in mass quantities, I think you'll often see that the quality becomes awful. Because if the government wants just lots and lots and lots of something, maybe during a wartime or something like that, then every time Tom, Dick, and Harry comes along and starts selling this garbage to them, and all of a sudden you've got shoes where the soles fall off. Yeah, but the bottom line is what
1: Jefferson said years ago, over 200 years ago. The propensity of government is to grow. And then there's the other one. A government big enough to give you everything is big enough to take everything away. We're already hearing that from the Green New Deal. And and,
6: and if I may uh, call back, that's the point of the Hester bill, which is when government gets so large and it starts going, hey, by the way, you didn't commit a crime. You didn't commit a felony. You weren't convicted of anything, but your car is guilty and we're taking it. And your, for years, people would look around and go, "Well, that makes sense."
2: Or your car might be guilty, yeah. and we're going to take it just in case. Or your and, money might but be guilty.
6: Then we keep it by a preponderance, meaning, yeah, we think it's guilty. That's good enough. Wait, what?
2: Yeah, what preponderance of evidence? Ed- basically, we're pretty certain of a, of a of a of a of a secure maybe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh,
6: so this Hester bill is it, again, Arkansas is at the leading edge of conservativism. It's got the most conservative legislature in the country right now. The Forum Act was an example of bold action. The Free Speech on Campus, the Dave Ellswick Act, was an example of bold conservative action. This action by Bart Hester is an example of bold action. Uh, Several of the bills that Senator Hammer has introduced, I mentioned, and I uh, quite proudly disclose that I have uh, assisted him in those bills. Those are examples of bold action. But what I have not seen in this legislature is a lot of bold action. And I'm telling you, and they might be sitting in the office, well, your Steinberg's never run for office. That's right. You know all I do? I vote for you guys. And I come on Dave's show and I tell, tell uh, Dave that these guys aren't doing enough. And Dave says to his listeners, hey. If you don't think they're doing enough, vote for the other guy in the primary or in the general. All right, so, look who's here. There well, you go.
2: Another thing is, if we would call our legislators, call them out. You know, they get, for, for instance, um, Senator Cooper just came on and he had a bill to to greatly reduce the the hoops that people would have to jump through to cut hair. And guess who called him? G- guess who pressured him to basically gut his own bill and, and to take it down to 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 very little liberty improvement. It's the people in the industry, primarily, who are calling to say that well, you you can't do that. You're going to give people too much liberty, and we can't trust people with that much liberty.
1: All right. Well, I want to come away from talking about cutting hair. Now we've we've covered that. We've covered asset forfeiture. Mm-hmm. Let's get uh, in. Last Thursday, uh, we worked with Stephen Meeks, a state representative in the uh, the, the Greenbrier area. Mm-hmm. We wanted him to come on, and he's also the head of what, technology? Technology, yes. Sir. The committee. And talk about this uh, uh, tax that they want to put on cell phones and other devices like tablets and things of that nature to help pay for, uh, across the state, 911 right. uh, coverage. Uh, with that, that got tabled last Thursday. What was the main
8: the main problems with it? Uh, The the main reason for tabling it is it's a 56-page bill, and uh, it involves a lot of uh, different areas that are very complicated. And uh, so to give lawmakers a chance to further learn about what we're trying to do with the bill and uh, also to make some changes and improvements to the bill, uh, we want to go ahead and table it and try to get those changes in place. Whether they'll be ready for this Wednesday or not is still remains to be seen i guess
1: okay so the counties themselves are the one and i guess some cities as well are depending upon this to be able to find this what is there a a different way of doing this so that the average Arkansan is not going to have to pay more taxes to make this happen
8: Right. So, um, unfortunately, with our our time today, we're probably not going to be able to get into the full depth of this. So I may okay. have to come back and visit further. But um, in, in my legislative history, which is, spans eight years now, I I can count on uh, one hand how many tax increases I've supported. And if you can see the video, I'm holding up one finger. Okay. Um, so, and and actually, as a matter of fact, today I voted against two tax increases. Good. So, um, so HJR
1: was one, one of them. And yeah, HJR,
8: yeah, one of them was an HJR. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Um, Good for you. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's another rabbit hole we could chase down this afternoon. Uh but but coming back to the nine one one bill. 911 uh, is fund 911 is funded through a special uh, a special fund. So we don't take general revenue to take care of the 911 system. The 911 system comes uh, is currently funded from our landlines. Uh, there's a 65 cent on tax, tax on landlines, and there's actually two other sources. Um, one is an access line fee, and then others the counties themselves. Will uh, I think seventy-one of the seventy-five counties assess a fee to help support the nine-one-one system? Okay. So what we're doing with this bill, and as everybody knows, the number of landlines is greatly decreasing in the state. So that's that's hurting funding. I know in Faulkner County alone, um, they're looking at about a six hundred thousand dollar deficit to the county on funding nine-one-one. Uh, and and we're in a situation where. We have to have 911. Everybody wants 911 in place. And, and the question becomes where does that extra funding come from and does it, um, what kind of oversight is in place? So, what we're doing with this bill is we're doing a couple things. Besides just increasing the tax, because if it was just a straight tax increase, I, I, would, I would be opposed to it. As a matter of fact, um, when they first brought the bill to us, they didn't come to me specifically because they knew I wouldn't support a tax increase. Um, but this one will have my support for a couple of reasons. We're going to fund 9 one The question is, is where do we fund 9 one from? Do we fund it at a state level um, in, i say, one nice package where we ensure that the uh, best practices are in place? Or do we do it at the county level where who knows what's going to happen? Me personally, I think it needs to be done at the state level because what we've done right now, and so that's the first part of it. The second part of it, in order for me to support this or or any tax, I want to know that that there is really no other option and that, secondly, that areas that consolidation, efficiencies, and all those are also taking place concurrently, that we're not just going to go continue to do things the way we have been doing and increase taxes. That, to me, that's last resort, and unfortunately with this, we, we, I think that's where we, we've gotten. So what we're going to require is a couple of things in order for this to take. We're going to get rid of the county-level tax. We're going to get rid of the, um, the access line tax, and we're going to get rid of the $0.65 cent tax. We're going to replace all of those with one universal tax that uh, is going to be on uh, basically phones, cell phones. So, so every, every, everything has the same tax rate on it. The next thing we're going to do is there are currently 127 PSAPs across the state, and that's just a fancy way for saying when you call 911, that's a 911 answering center. Loano County, for example, has six different PSAPs. I know. And and that's an issue because not only does it create inefficiency, it also creates confusion. I think you've talked about this on, yep. on prior shows. So what we're, what we're requiring in this bill is we're going to go from 127 PSAPs down to 77. It's something that we're going to have to One force. Per- one per county. Right for so for the smaller counties, it's one per county. For a medium sized county like a Faulkner County, it'd be two, and, and then for a larger county like uh, Plasky County, it'd be three or four. So we're, we're uh, in some of the smaller counties, they could even go together and consolidate and have one piece app. So we're gonna we're gonna try to reduce down to create efficiencies in the number of piece apps. We're also allowing for privatization if a county looks at that and says that's the best way to go, um, and we're also creating, a uh, under the Arkansas Department of Emergency Management, a 911 uh, board. And the responsibility of the 911 board is to look at these peace apps to create best practices and also to get them talking to each other. So in event you do talk to one 911 center and you need to be talking to another, the way things are transferred and handled is handled in a much more efficient manner. Because right now, like a lot of things, it was built in a hodgepodge manner, and we're trying to create trying to make it better and to improve the technology going forward
1: all right i got to get a break in so i can tell you right now we're not going to be able to do this justice right Uh, is there a time this week that you figure you might be able to give us an hour yes yeah Yeah. okay we're going to figure what that is we'll tell you what it is when we come back i'll i'll talk to the state representative because we want everybody to know what exactly is being talked about here right Let's take a break. We'll be back with more. We're live at the the Capitol. We're on the third floor on the House side. And uh, State Representative Stephen Meeks is with us from Greenbrier. There's a lot more to talk about as we continue the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. It's amazing. People walk up and say, hey, Dave.
0: Did you know? Did you know?
1: (laughs) And we'll talk about did we know what here in just a moment. All right. So next Thursday, this this Thursday, not next Thursday, this Thursday, uh, Stephen will be back on with us at 4 o'clock. Right. And we will talk in, I guess, depth about the uh, the whole thing, the 911 bill. Right. I've right. been all over this since last week when it was presented right. in commu- uh, committee, right. and I got I got lots of c- questions, and that's why right. when I look down and we got five minutes to go, we're not going to get to it. No, no. And I'm looking over here, and I can tell you right now that uh, – I'm looking. I'm looking at uh, my uh, attorney friend, mm-hmm. and he's got plenty of questions as well. Awesome.
8: Well, we'll, we'll try to answer those the best
1: <laughs> we can. Yep. Can you come back yeah. on Thursday, uh, Wallman? Uh, part of the time. Okay. Oh, at four o'clock. Four o'clock. Yeah. Well, I'll take a look. I'll All right. It. We'll, okay. try get, get, we'll try you know, to commit.
8: And, and, and I'll make also make mention too that, that this bill goes beyond just the nine-one-one bill. It uh, yeah. it incorporates. Uh, not only 9 one we're looking at a win. we're looking at the Arkansas High Cost Fund, we're looking at uh, broadband. Uh, so it, it encompasses more than just 9 one
1: Okay, now we just heard that you, you may have been following the story about the star on the Arkansas flag. Mm-hmm. It got destroyed in committee. Destroyed in committee. The governor has come out now. Is he saying it should be reconsidered? Is that basically what he's saying
8: to you? Uh, no. From what I've seen on uh, Twitter, and I'm going to try to pull it up, one of the news stations was reporting that if it were to come up that he would support it again. I'm going to try to see, find it here. Uh, where did I see that? Yeah, Arkansas Governor backs removing Confederate-length-to-state flag. Calls it the right thing to do. Okay. Quote-unquote, and this is from the AP, a tweet they sent out.
1: And so, what's the governor hoping for them to do? I have no idea. I mean,
8: how can it get reconsidered? Well, well when, when you run a bill in committee, if it fails, you can bring it up a second time.
1: No, okay. So, so he's he's hoping now if they'll bring it back, everybody will say well, the governor is for changing this, and right. all of them will go, oh, the governor, and
2: that like, uh, they'll change your well, vote. It failed in committee. It had, mm-hmm. I think, it got five votes right in committee. So that kind of gives you an idea of its popularity. How many, how many votes, many votes it does have? it need? It needs 11. It needs 11. Okay. It's a House committee. It's a House yeah. committee. Yeah, it didn't even
1: get
8: 50%. Right. Okay. Yep. Well, we'll just so, keep watching and see yep. what happens. Mm-hmm. With, with politics, y'all, as, as you know, one of the things that makes it interesting is you just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right, so we will see you on Thursday at Looking 4. Looking
1: forward to it. And uh, we got time to really talk about this because there are some different things in this piece of legislation, as you said, right. that need to be talked right. about. Right, and,
8: and, and some changes are still coming to it as we're trying to work out some of the details to make it the best bill that we can. And you're stations. not even sure if it'll be heard Wednesday? Not even sure, yeah, because we're still, there's because not only, you have the, the counties, you have the 911 folks, you have the county, um, uh, you know, the first responders, you have the uh, telcos because they're, you know they operate they have the equipment that the 911 centers uses right. you have the broadband uh, aspect to it so there's a lot of different moving pieces to this all right so we want
1: to talk about it and i'm hoping to get uh, our friend robert steinbach here as well by the way i haven't said this Uh, This is his opinion, his opinion alone, and not necessarily uh, UALR and Bowen School
6: Dave, if I come on Thursday, I demand to be paid double what I'm being paid today. (laughs) I
1: will do so. Absolutely. And I I I want to be paid three times as much. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll get you an ice cream sandwich, too. There you go. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more. Thank you, Stephen, for coming by. (laughs) Thank you. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Back in a moment. All right. Let's do the final hour of the Dave Ellswick Show for a Monday. Been a lot of interesting things going on here. Uh, just hearing in the last hour that the governor said that... Uh,
6: under gov- uh, public inspection. So, Brenda, what's your thought on the on the FOIA bill?
9: Well, I certainly am in favor of it. I, I think that we should see, when I, what is it, 20% if they get uh, at least 20% of their funding from government dollars. We-
6: well, we've moved it over. Actually, now it says any private entity that substantially supports a government entity. You know, these it's these foundations that their names are the names of the entity, right? It's like the the uh, ASU Foundation. ASU is in the title, and they're still claiming they've got nothing to do with government. It's just like the cop on the campus of ASU when they when they kicked Ashlyn Hogarth off campus, they said, "This is private property." That's how delusional these lefties are. And so, not only do they think they run these little fiefdoms themselves, they set up these private foundations. They they tell people who want to give money to the government, don't give it to us. Go give it to this quasi-private organization, so we can. Shield transparency, it's a crime, is what it is. And if this bill passes, it will be a crime not to disclose it. The truth is, under current law, if anybody litigated it, they should get the the records of these foundations now. Uh, You know, uh, Brenda, the Edmark case, of course. That's a little technical for the audience, but it basically says that private entities doing government work are subject to the FOIA. This bill will lock that down so tight that if if these foundations don't turn over the records, people will be in the jail. And Paula like that.
2: <laughs> government <laughs> officials in jail. Government like in jail.
9: A- government officials in jail. Put them in jail already. So when you read the, uh, you know, setting up like the uh, health insurance board, you know, that we we fought over, does the state have its own own board separate? And I think legislation merged it into the Insurance Commission recently. Nate Bell was its last great hope. If you read the law that set that entity up, it specifically said, hey, we're excluded from all these requirements that agencies are required to disclose. And, I mean, it's our fault—the taxpayer, the voter—for letting these things be set up to start with. But you know, our legislators do not have our back. That's right. I mean, to on set this, up on, on
6: transparency. Of, it's right. an
9: agency that's not right. subject to all the laws that state agencies are, and that's the purpose of them. And you know, requiring a private partnership, whatever. I mean, people don't know how to pay attention. And they don't have the time, and they don't have the expertise to keep up with this stuff. Well, it's,
3: an, well, it, it's the attitude is an "I'm okay, you're okay" uh, environment down there, where there's so much that is going on below boards that no one wants to tell on the other one because then their game's up too.
6: Well, and you're right on the money contract, on
3: that. But I you know fear what I've seen? that There's more of them than there is of us. You Obviously, know what I've seen, seen on that. <laughs>
6: You know what I've seen on that, exactly on your point, and I've seen this more in Arkansas than I've seen it elsewhere, I must tell you. As you all know, I worked in the um, Senate Judiciary Committee, so I've seen the passage of legislation uh, from the inside before. But what what I've seen more in Arkansas than I've seen in most other places, I can't say everywhere, uh, is that you'll get – uh, either someone uh, campaigning, some private individual or group campaigning for a bill, or a legislator and or a legislator come forward with a bill, and they say, here's the problem, and they pose something that sounds like a legitimate problem, and here's our bill to fix it. And you think, oh, okay, good. And then you read the bill, and the bill's relationship to that problem is about my relationship to Dave. We're not related. And so this is this notion where they, they kind of – they they they. Present the problem, and then they come up with a bill, often drafted by these lobbyists, by these paid lobbyists, and the bills are much bigger power grabs. And look, we're a citizen legislature. There's not a ton of staff. The senators and the representatives don't have individual staff, and it becomes increasingly difficult to get complex um, legislation out. And so. Then you get these lobbying groups, highly financed by small groups with specific interests, and they come to the legislature and they say, listen, trust us, we're going to take care of this problem that we all agree about. And the truth is that they don't take care of that problem. They set up a law for their interest group's benefit, and we have to be constantly on guard about that. And and the, the mirror image, just to reference back for a moment, is what I've been saying about these private foundations. They're set up to allow a select few government officials uh, uh, to keep their business out of the public eye. And this is really a problem in every direction.
3: Well, I hate hate to break it to you guys, but we're we're losing this battle.
6: I, I think that's right. I think that's exactly right. And that's why I'm sitting here with Dave every week that I'm on, and I'm saying, where is the bold action from these legislators? I've seen bold action from Kim Hamper. He helped pass the Dave Ellswick free speech bill. Bob Ballinger was the lead on that bill. Uh, We've got um, uh, uh, Sullivan, Dan Sullivan, over in the House on that bill. hammer has got a number of good bills now. Hester. Hester uh, has got some great bills. Asset forfeiture. Yeah, the asset forfeiture is is an outstanding example. Julie
1: uh, Mayberry trying to get in uh, a highway bill that doesn't raise taxes. Doesn't raise taxes. There you go.
6: And, and, uh, Brenda, I'm sure you like this idea about asset forfeiture being a lawyer and understanding you can't just willy-nilly take people's property. It's it, the notion that we've been doing that. It, uh, tell me, that's not overreach by government.
9: Both of you guys. Well, it seems like the, the Supreme Court's had something to say about that recently. So it's, it's going in a better direction. That certainly is. But look how far we let it go before we even notice it. That's well, exactly And, and you've right. got to look
3: at all these bills that we've talked about that you mentioned uh, just now, Robert. Is Sorry. do they in total outweigh the growth? And the the shrinking of freedom for the public at large in any m- meaningful long term way, and the answer to that is no. Well,
9: in comparison to what they just passed today, right, I mean, seriously, right? Curious,
3: like, yeah. right. You know, yeah, we're, no. We're I mean, you raise a perfect
9: job. point. You raise a perfect you
6: point know, because here's the question I keep asking:
3: raise them a thousand the next day. I mean, we're going to pat these guys on the back for the hundred dollar tax decrease, no, right? I, I, and
6: and equally, I've been saying. I've been equally saying, and you're, you're, you're right on, right? Which is, where is the bold action? Where's the legislation on guns? We're 75% conservative, and I hear, hear people say, well, we don't want to stir up the pot. Stir up the pot? Stir up the
9: pot? What We're does that even mean? We're
3: 75% conservative, that's for sure. We're, we might yeah,
6: 75% Republican.
9: Yeah. Well, I mean, I well, can tell you what I'm hearing to solve the problem, and yeah. I, I bet a lot of other people are hearing this too. I'm hearing young people say, I'm moving, I'm out of here. And they're moving yeah. to Texas. They're mo- you know, I mean, um, Charlene Fight can pass a military tax exempt bill to bring in to keep those people here, to draw them here. I mean, that's almost a joke when they can go somewhere else and pay no income tax. And we're continuing to increase the tax burden on the citizens of this state. It is a disgrace. Well, and well. But the
3: citizens, the people that are listening to the, to the radio today, if they don't change what they do, it's going to. I mean, people don't change unless they're forced to change, and the people are not willing to step up and do that evidently.
6: That's why we need uh, bolder action from the legislature. We need more transparency through a broader application of the Freedom of Information Act. That might sound uh, like it's technical. It's not. You control government through observation, through inspection, through votes, and through election. And none of that happens if you don't know what's going on. And the FOIA is the means to do that. That's why government likes to hide information. That's why government likes to grow. We need to... to fight against both impulses. The, the, the motivation to grow. We don't need bigger government. We need better government. And the motivation to hide information. You work for me. If you see a legislator, go up to him or her, shake his hand, and say, thank you for being my employee.
1: Now, here, here's the key for all of us, and, and it's a simple one. You all are going back to when? 2011? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. So the question is this. What has happened between 2011 and 2018? We're gonna find out that we grew probably government by two to three billion dollars. What is happening with that three billion dollars that was worth three billion dollars? What, the services that you're getting, was it three billion dollars more? What is it? Now, we we know that we're gonna find out that Obamacare ate up a lot of that. Uh, Arkansas Works eats up a lot of that. And then, but uh, the the big question is, is the voter getting anything more? And my answer to that is, I don't see it. Have you guys saw it?
3: No, there there is nothing. Well, let me let me back up. We're going to get some really nice interstate signs up here in Northwest Arkansas. (laughs) That's probably a couple of million uh, (laughs) per mile. So that wire road
9: road that that makes them safer.
1: So oh, they, they it safer. A, that's what they it a, We're
6: safer. safer. Yeah.
1: We're safer. We're safer, yeah. That's the biggest – that's a bunch of bunk and you a know, bunch you, of BS.
6: You know how we're safer? when we had
9: less when competition, we, that ought to help.
6: Oh, well, yeah. Oh, it, oh, yeah. You know, people go
3: to the polls and they vote, and evidently this is what they expect.
6: We, we'll because, be safer when oh, this oh, legislature you passes you, bills no and guns. On, hey,
3: I voted for this tax increase. There's not one I'm going to say – that for their re election. That's opposed.
9: Well see, I don't blame the voters because I don't think they get enough information. It's like the transparency argument. When people right. actually do know the truth, they respond to it. But they're not given the truth by these people who voted for this tax bill. I mean they didn't even they voted for the people to vote for the increase. Now they're gonna spend millions of dollars to pass this constitutional amendment to keep a to to add a new half a cent sales tax. To make it yeah, permanent we, in the Constitution. I yeah, mean, we talked about that, that today.
3: Is demonized.
9: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, know, well, there's Brenda, a lot of br- understanding of how you support people to get elected.
3: Well, the Democrat-controlled media, for the most part, is the same in Arkansas. They, they, they don't have a peep. You know, you don't hear a peep out of them about how the Republicans are terrible and they're doing terrible things. You don't hear a peep. I wonder why that is. Well,
9: they chew around the edges a little bit. Everybody. Well, they do
3: their due diligence, <laughs> but but they, they are, in large part, supportive of everything that this legislature is doing. You know, like right. the Confederate we- flag issue, or, well, we're going to make an abortion illegal for one more week. Uh, you know, those kind of issues. But the real meaningful freedom, liberty issues, they're happiest as clans in, in the you know, John Brummets of the world
1: i got to come back, and I'm going to ask you some questions about uh, that as well. But we've got to get a break in right now. We've got Conduit News on with us today. Brenda and Joe are back. They were off last week. They're back this week. We'll continue our conversation. Robert Steinbach and uh, Paul Calvert are here as well. We're at the Capitol. We're on the third floor, House side. More, you're coming your way in just a moment. Okay, we are back with you on the uh, third floor, House side. Uh, Conduit News is with us. Uh, we've got Joe there. We've got Brenda there. And, and let me just present with a, a, a question. Because, Joe, you you brought something up interesting when you said, you know, an extra week, uh, you know, on the abortion bill that, you know, a child can't be killed and, and, and issues like that get a lot of uh, the star on the flag of Arkansas. A lot of people get involved in talking about those subjects. But when you start talking about things like we have talked about today, about asset forfeiture and all the rest, not so much of a a response. With that in mind, what does that say about the electorate in Arkansas?
3: I guess that as long as they feel good, they don't mind somebody running their life. I mean, socialism is in full advance in Arkansas at at a level that is not being perceived by the normal voter. It's insidious how this creeps in. But the more of the economy and the money that government gets from the individual, the less freedom the individual has. And people are just not seeing it, not, not caring about it. They would prefer to have something for free and government control their lives. Than to have liberty in in too much of the population.
1: Yeah, let me let me jump on that, and because we got a break coming up, real quickly, a, a congressman in Utah started talking about they're going to take away your ability to buy a hamburger, which is true. If you look at the the g uh, the, the new New Deal. New, new, new Deal, Deal, the Green New Deal. Bottom line is, people are responding to that. We'll talk about it when we get back. You can learn the little-known strategies that could help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis. It's from David Lucas of David Lucas Financial. You hear him every Saturday at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. right here on 101.1 The Answer. He's a published author. He's right here in Little Rock, and this free analysis will reveal the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401k, Social Security benefits, and more. To get that free analysis, be one of the first 10 callers now at 501-653-6690 an opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes in retirement. The number again, 501-653-6690. We move into the last half hour of a uh, Monday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show, live from the state capitol, third floor on the House side. And joining us today from Conduit News is uh, Brenda and Joe, also here Robert Steinbach with us. Uh, He is a Law professor at UALR's Bowen School of Law. Remember, his opinions are his and his alone, and not necessarily those of the school or of the School of Law. And then Paul Calvert is here as well. I'm Dave Ellswick. Uh, welcome back. And again, let's. It, it just seems to me when we look at this, guys, maybe our messaging is off. Maybe people have a hard time under understand understanding millions of dollars and things of that nature but they can understand something like uh, the guy in Utah figured out you know people aren't getting upset when they hear it's going to be 9.3 trillion dollars to do the the green new deal they're getting upset when they hear that they might not be able to buy a hamburger ever again uh, it's figuring out the story that the people respond to Robert would you agree 100%. We need to simplify this. People are living their lives. Look, people
6: understandably don't get into the weeds on what's going on in the legislature that's why we elect these people and that's why they listen to you Dave amongst others because we need to help them filter out all the noise that comes from the government and so that's why I keep saying we need to see bold actions that that the electorate can vote on and if they don't see bold actions vote in a new crew plain and simple get rid of the old ones till you see something you like it's not oh did they upset you there's a new sheriff in town and the standard now is unless you see something good coming out of the legislature unless you see something that you say hey wow that's great vote for another batch one more time keep rolling it the dice will come up seven at some point
1: does it surprise you that there's and 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 we want to get brenda and joe in on this part of the conversation too why don't we have some legislators that run to the nearest camera every time they can yeah. and talk about how the state government is taking your money and your rights? We don't have anybody yeah. doing that.
2: Yeah. Well, they, they, so many cases they like the programs that the government's taking your money for, and so why would they stand up and, and fight against new taxes? Now, we've got a few out there that, that are fighting, but. We just had the vast, the majority of the Republicans in the House of Representatives vote for two new tax increases. Well, okay, Brenda. The other
9: question is, what cameras do you, you know? Recommend they run to? There aren't a lot of cameras who are interested in you know presenting a, a legislator's opinion that would reflect what you just stated.
3: Well, and another factor there is, don't underestimate the vindictiveness of these people. I mean, they're all about placing blame. And if you can't buy a hamburger, it's because they'll, they'll go along with, it's because of big businesses. And they'll take the, the progressive angle. Is It's not them that raised your taxes, it's some business and what they're doing to their employees or the economy or it's the federal government. It's anybody but them that have caused that. And, and we will be paying for what they're doing today for decades.
6: And we're um, paying you know, for what they two decades ago now.
9: Yeah, well, he he would say people will continually move to give uh, give up their freedoms if they have the hope of retaining their personal peace and affluence. As long as it's not affecting them, you know. When Donald Trump uh, spoke to CPAP this weekend, I was laughing because of something you just sort of mentioned just now, Dave. He said, "Hey, honey, you know, is the wind blowing? I want to watch TV." I mean, he's putting it on a level yeah. so people can get it. You know, that's important TV show or a hamburger you know or their personal piece you know they're gonna give attention to it well and that's, yeah that's, that's what important I wrote
3: down just before the break is you talked about the, the new green deal well it, it's going to date some of us but the new green deal is Soylent green
1: Yeah it's a good movie yeah I don't well, disagree with that we're think, eating people
2: Well I think we need to get on board with the idea that telling stories works. If we can make it personal in people's lives, that works. And so just like someone might come up with a principle issue for for why you should be opposed to a particular piece of legislation, but principles, for whatever reason, don't seem to... Work with a lot of Americans. Let's talk about the real issues. It means that you can't open a bicycle shop in your front yard. It means that you can't eat a hamburger. It means you can't do this, that, or the other. Tell personal story to make it personal to people, and maybe they'll maybe it'll stick.
1: It came out today. Uh, earlier, we were talking about uh, we had Senator Cooper on, and I want you to forget about what he did early on in his career. Uh, he's he's trying to make it possible for somebody to be a barber. Without having a, a license. And he made the statement today that to be a barber in the state of Arkansas, you've got to put more hours than what it takes to be a registered nurse in Arkansas. That,
3: but is that, that really the, the, the shiny object we need to be focused on in the long term? How many
9: lobbyists are, are opposing what he's doing about the barbers? I mean, they're all over it.
6: They're all over it.
1: They're all over. over. You'd be surprised here. No, they're trying
6: to they're trying to kill it. They're all over it. Brenda, you're absolutely right.
9: That's good. I mean, I'm glad to hear that.
6: No, 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 no. They're all over I'm sorry. The lobbyists are all over the bill trying to kill the bill because the lobbyists
9: represent the special interests standing up against. That's what my point is. But who's lobbying for more freedom?
6: Yeah, that's the problem. Well, he, he is. He, he is. is.
3: He, he,
2: he's he's advocating for more freedom. Right. It's just. That, it's just that there's just not. Doesn't seem to be enough stomach for freedom here to actually promote. For, for crying out loud, if we can't get rid of barber licensing, can we? It, are, what are we doing here? What, what, what are we have fighting an equal for? Equal
9: vote on tax increases that they do on barber licenses. <laughs> These are not equal as far as how they affect the rest of the state. And you know, we need to stop pretending that they are equal, and these guys need to do the job. They promised their voters they would do, and none of them promised they'd raise our taxes. They promised the opposite.
3: Well, John Cooper Brenda- is covering up his poo. That's what John Cooper's doing. <laughs>
6: Well, you know, Brenda b- brings up a good point, which is what I've been repeating all day today. In previous times, I've been on the radio. I want more bold action, and Brenda's saying the same thing, which is, regardless of what we think, and this is a real issue—the the, um, the overregulation. Uh, let's talk about the biggest issues, and where's the bold action? They said they're going to vote against taxes. That's Brenda's point. I'm waiting. I'm looking around. I'm looking underneath the table. I'm looking in my jacket. I don't see any legislator doing anything on guns, and we're seventy-five percent. Republican, and they say, well, let's not mess it up, right? I don't see enough action on transparency because, well, you know, let's not mess it up. I need to see more bold action. We, we've got Bart Hester's outstanding, outstanding uh, notions on finally dialing back this ridiculous overreach by government when it comes to taking private property. Thank goodness for that. So we have the Dave Ellswick free speech bill from Hammer and Sullivan and Ballinger, but it's not enough. I want to see more, and I want to see, there's 135 legislators. Where are you? That's what I want to know. I'm sitting here on the third floor. We started
9: talking about and predicting the session. Joe and I said one thing. We would have significant tax increases under the guise of tax cuts. And we're about to have an Internet sales tax passed. It will fly through. And you want to talk about bold action. Why don't they stand up and say no Internet sales tax in Arkansas? You know, if they want to
6: bring people to Arkansas, let's do that. Well, Brenda, Brenda, my question is, my question, Brenda, is why are you such a cheapskate?
9: They only they want is a few pennies for, <laughs> for
6: an increase in sales tax. They want a few cents for the Internet sales tax. And you're so tight with the wallet, Brenda. Why are you so tight with the wallet?
9: I have an accounting
6: degree I can add. (laughs) Amen. And you're a conservative. The answer is because I'm a conservative, and it's my darn money. That's the answer. Well,
1: here's the other thing. And when you're a conservative, you understand it's other people's money, and you don't want to take it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. supposedly.
3: Well, the thing Mm -hmm. about the the tax and and Robert's larger point is does it make any difference to me whether the property tax, homestead, credit goes up or – the sales tax on the Internet is larger or the gas tax is larger? Probably not. But what it does do is give government more power and control through their mechanisms. And I've said this many times is it's not that I want the money. I'm not greedy, Robert. I would,
6: okay. If I
3: had a choice between Amen. giving it to the government to use to grow their influence or to burn it, I would gladly burn it.
2: I've said the same thing. All that right. is that is funny, because the, at the end of the day, I would rather burn the money than give it to public schools or, or, or a lot of other programs. If you take it from me, I don't like it. But a lot of the stuff they spend well, it on kids? is terrible. No, kids? I love kids. That, that's exactly. why I'm opposed to public education. He hates, education. Kids he hates them. cheap. Absolutely. Try open that
9: wallet, Paul. ...has fought for us a bunch of socialist mentality, the understanding now of young people who haven't had a job in 10 years under Obama but they've been educated under a socialist education system, now want socialism. So, you know, you reap the, you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind, and we're about to get to reap it. Pick up a newspaper, start keeping up, you know, keep a tab. How many times do you see a local government gonna raise your taxes, special uh, election, raise taxes? I have one newspaper on Sunday in my hand, and here's three tax increases, Fort Smith, Bentonville, Fayetteville, can't pass tax increases fast enough special elections the next two months. I bet across the state we'd have, what, 150 of those?
3: Yeah, but there is a breaking point at some point where it's too late, that there is no chance. Freedom. It's
6: just small it's pennies. Come on guys, what's the big deal? It's just pennies. Pennies and, out of the dollar, ten cents out of the dollar, twenty cents out of the dollar, forty cents out of the you dollar. You
1: reached a hundred pennies. No,
6: don't you know the socialists <laughs> and the leftists all the, all they say is, No, give us a hundred and twenty cents out of your dollar. Yeah. That's all. No, Gibberts.
3: it's it's two trillion pennies more Amen. than it was yeah. before. Amen
5: amen and i'm like with Doug you
9: said it's the the ma- mass accumulation of the additional power over the people that giving government a, a dollar more i mean they already get increases when the economy is going up and you know if you do any research in 2008 2009 and 10 and see what the legislature did during that time it was fairly amazing because that's when they put in the three percent lock on the increases of salaries for county employees i mean who's watching this and when you see it and the government continues to grow as people's pocketbooks shrink even. You know, it, it's it's kind of amazing what we have put into action. Don't attend. And now the animal is bigger than the master.
6: That's right. And that is and the, gonna, that right, gonna, right gonna, there is the biggest challenge. Point.
9: We're at the breaking
6: point, Joe. You're absolutely right, Joe. We're at the breaking point. It's too much. I don't think people recognize that. Yeah, Where we yeah, right. might see it coming. You're right.
3: Uh, you know, it's like here at Conduit, we, we have looked at the Medicaid expansion and all these things over the last almost 10 years, and we're just tired of being right. It, it's, right. It, it's weary. It makes us weary, but we don't want to be right, but it just we can predict this stuff, this, this deep state because they talk we about. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hard to be right all the time. So few <laughs> have that burden. <laughs> but,
0: uh,
6: well, I, I'm glad I'm glad you share that challenge in life like with that. me, uh, Joe. And when and when we disagree, obviously I'm right. But putting that aside for well, a moment, I would agree
1: with that. But then we'd both be wrong. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, we got to get a final break in, guys, and we'll be back. We'll finish up our conversation for this Monday and our coverage of the, uh, uh, of course, the uh, the State House today. Let me remind you that Sunny's Auto Salvage is your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Why recycled? Well, why buy, you know, pay 50% more for a, a, a piece for your car that you can buy uh, and make your car work just as well? I mean, look, if you buy an engine from a total loss vehicle and it works just as well as if you bought a new engine, why wouldn't you save the 50% that you're going to save on the total lost vehicle engine you're using. I've been, hey, I learned this just the last few years. I've saved five $6,000 doing some work on my car. I refuse to buy a new car. They're too freaking expensive. And uh, a monthly payment over a seven-year period, it's obscene. Don't do that. Use Sonny's Auto Sal- Salvage and uh, make sure you're using top quality, recycled auto parts, and you're saving yourself some big money. Every part is guaranteed, comes with a standard warranty, one, two, and three-year warranties on all parts. Here's what you do. Do what I do. You call the folks at Sunny's Auto Salvage, 982-7451, 982-7451. Do a little price checking. And then when you sit down, you go, wow, I can get the." labor done, I can get the engine put in, and I can save five, $6,000? That's a no-brainer. It's an absolute no-brainer. Number again, 982-7451, Sonny's Auto Salvage. All right, final segment for a Monday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. While I've got everybody on the line and I'm not rushing, let me say thank you to Robert Steinbach for being here today. It's always a pleasure. Same thing with Brenda and Joe from uh, Conduit News, conduitnews.com. Go there. And read—they uh, the, got a series of articles talking about the whole tax situation here in the state. And I'll just be honest with you, Brenda. I'll, I will be very interested as soon as you have that 2011 to 2018. You let me know because the, the the question that needs to be asked, and and I want listeners to think about this: when you see how much more money the government is spending, what is it getting you? What kind of services extra are you getting from this and I'm going to tell you right now nothing nothing they're yeah. doing the exact same things they've done since 2011 they're just taking more and more and more of
2: your money We've got a bigger from master. you. We have a bigger master. The well, yeah. sow is getting bigger. Yeah.
4: It's, the it's the, very the true. pigs well, sucking man, in the teeth uh, are getting bigger.
3: And it works flawlessly where they will put out a couple of bills that, you know, they're good, but they, they they have very little relevance to the larger picture of if you don't have financial freedom, you have no freedom. So none of the other things matter. If you don't have any civil assets, the forfeiture does not matter because you don't have anything to lose. Uh, you know, the, the social issues. They, they set these things up, and they're good at it. I mean, they want to keep their power and their jobs. But they will have talking points for their reelections and they'll have talking points of why they didn't vote or they didn't support this tax increase. And we've okay. seen it over and over and over again. And as long as it keeps working with the voters, they'll keep doing it.
1: Last question for everybody. Is it the legislators... Or is it the Bureau hacks? That's controlling all of this. Yes.
6: And this is, a, I think Paul's answer is very good. It's yes, it's both of them. But the problem is that since we have term limits, which I think are a good thing, it empowers the bureau hacks. And then they hire paid lobbyists, Paul. They've got paid lobbyists on staff that they come up to the legislature and they say, give us more money, make us work less. Not the president of whatever the organization or the director or whatever you call the head of the DHS or any other organization. No. A lobbyist. They call it government relations or, or
1: public affairs. Public
6: affairs. We need to eliminate public affairs because that is the bureaucracy emboldening the bureaucracy. It, it, it's like a Kafka
2: novel. I can't believe such a thing even exists. How, how is? It, how do we ever get to the point where we are?
3: I respectfully disagree with with that uh, conclusion. It, it is ultimately the voters, the people's fault. That this happens we allow it to happen by voting and not paying attention to who we vote for that we can't put people in power that would rather do the right thing than stay in power they'd rather stay in power than to do the right thing and we keep rewarding them so it's ultimately our fault
9: well but the level that you have to get to to understand what you just said for the average voter is almost unattainable and I'm I'm with Robert except I think the deep state in Arkansas are lobbyists you know it is the yep. lobbyists and, and yes probably I don't know what percentage would be a, a good thing to look up us do some research yep. on that what percentage are government lobbyists but the That's lobbyists right. control the state of Arkansas politics
3: internal and government external has more lobbying hours than any other special interest
1: all right. We are out of time. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you very much, Brenda. Everybody read those articles I told you about. Go to conduitnews.com. We'll see you all next uh, Monday. God bless. Robert, same time to you. Thank you for joining us. Maybe course, on God Thursday bless. when we have Stephen Meeks back on. And, Paul, I'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. All right. For everybody's listening, thank you very much. See you again tomorrow at 2 o'clock